This is The Law. Live audio wrestling with the latest news, info, and interviews from the world of pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and the best of combat sports worldwide. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Tidwell and Brady Weta. Well, 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 there it is again. And ladies and gentlemen, you hear it? The music can only mean one thing. That means that it's time for us to bring you yet again another installment of The Law Live Audio Wrestling, both in its audio form and for our YouTube subscribers. You can go check that out in its video form as well. I'm your host, Chris Tidwell, and joining me as always, mm, hit that drop. It's me. It's me. It's DDP, Drickus Duplice. No, it is not. It is little Brady Wedham. And thank you, Chris, for welcoming me back to the law, live audio wrestling. I'm doing it from my home this time. Well, it's a good thing. I mean, we don't know which home it is. Uh, could be the summer home, could be the winter home, could be the vacation home, could be all kinds of them with you. I mean, nobody really knows anymore because you're all over the place. You are wanted- like a high-flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss-stealing, limousine-riding son of a mother. No, I just like uh, I like moving. I like changing environments. I'm just one of those guys. But I wanted to do it from home instead of the studio this week because I wanted to get intimate with you. Well, I think that's a different show altogether. Oh, yeah. Wrong Thank you show. very much. But uh, listen, it has been a heck of a weekend as far as the intimacy goes, uh, because we did have UFC 297. We're going to talk about that today. That's yep. that's crazy. The fallout from that. What happens? What happens next to these guys? And of course, of course, we've got the Royal Rumble coming up less than a week away right now. And we really don't know outside of two matches and what four or five competitors for each one of the Royal Rumble matches themselves, the men's and the women's matches, people who have declared themselves up to this point. It's 30 people in each one of these matches, and we don't we have 60 five. competitors, and we don't know who else is coming. It's fantastic. There's going to be some rumors. We'll talk about some of those uh, people showing up there. And then on a little bit of a serious subject we're going to talk about the problem with injuries as it relates because an, a specific injury to one Seth Rollins definitely screwed up some plans for the WWE going into the Royal Rumble. So we're going to talk about that a little bit too. And is this a problem that is becoming more and more increasingly worse for some of these competitors, some of these performers? Uh, so we're going we're gonna to check all of that out. We're going to talk some smack. Uh, as usual, but you know, I think the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. And to hear from some of our uh, sponsors. Yeah. And when we get back, we're going to kick this whole thing off. What do you say, Brady? Let's pay some bills. 
Are you in the market for a used vehicle for your family or business? North Toronto Auction hosts public auctions twice a month and everyone's invited. Hundreds of cars, trucks, SUVs, commercial vehicles and heavy equipment are available. Plus, travel trailers, motorcycles, snowmobiles, ATVs and more. View the entire selection at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Bid online or bid in person. Bid on items from government agencies, financial companies, fleet managers, car dealers and public insiders. For more information, visit us online at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Hey, did you know that Saturday, February 24th, Destiny World Wrestling returns to Oshawa and the Children's Arena for Destiny's Reckless? Is that the event featuring the indie god himself, Matt Cardona? You bet it is. I heard he's not going to be there alone. I heard Steph Delander showing up. I heard Fighter Flight is showing up. Vanna Black, Parazette, Lince Dorado, and a whole bunch more. Man, you better get your tickets now. They're on sale at www.destinywrestling.ca. Don't miss out. Hit that subscribe button to get all the latest from the law, live audio wrestling. Now back to the show. And we are back on the law, live audio wrestling. And if you could see myself and Chris, what we were doing during those commercials, you would disown us. Now, okay, (laughs) trying to get serious for a second. We didn't talk about who we have on the show this week besides us. We didn't. We didn't. And because I was going to get to that after we did that first part, because everything everything surrounding this entire show, if you saw the title of the show, it's what's next. Yes. And so what's next is a big thing because we're going to talk about what's next for the uh, competitors coming out of UFC 297. We're going to talk about what's next about, uh, you know, with these stars that are injured and then our... Our guest this week is none other than former WWE superstar known as Tyler Breeze, now just known as Breeze. Breeze. And we're going to find out from him what's next. What's going on with him? So that's going to be one hell of a uh, discussion that we have for you audio listeners. Don't worry. Seamless. Boom. No problems. For you people that are joining us over on YouTube, by the time you are done listening to all of this, that part of the show is going to be up in its entirety. All you got to do is back right out, click on that next thumbnail, and you'll be able to watch it all. Now, yeah, go subscribe to us on YouTube at the law hyphen live audio wrestling. There you have it. So, first, first. and foremost, Brady. First and foremost, Brady, I gotta, I gotta, I we, we have to pull this up. Okay, because yeah, this was picks. our picks for 297. Picks. Yeah. UFC 297 happened this past weekend in Toronto uh, in a sold-out crowd that brought in apparently somewhere, you know, about $8 million US or something like that, right? Yeah. Apparently, it was yeah. the, the biggest and best ever until the next one is. Um, I don't know if this was uh, the best one ever, but as we talked about it when we did our fight predictions, as we talked about it, this is definitely kind of par for the course for what the cards seem to be when they come to Canada because it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't no. seem to matter. You don't have to pull out a, a UFC 300 caliber card. You don't have to pull out like, you know, this is a, this is a definite pay-per-view, but you don't have to because Toronto and Canadian fans are just that hungry 
for this type of entertainment. All week, the presser, the weigh-ins, the actual event itself. This is the most ravaged Toronto fans. Yeah, They were screaming F Justin Trudeau throughout the entire night in the arena. Like, is that is what that was? Yeah, that was F just that was F Trudeau chance. Uh, you know what it was. Uh, if you watch the fight companion here on YouTube, or or they were kind of flabbergasted as well that that was actually happening. Like, think if you go anywhere, any other any other country, you go to the U.S. and they're in Vegas, and <laughs> out of nowhere, uh, it happened. It happened. It it yes. Did. Yes, with the let's go Brandon chance. Oh, I do. Yeah, I guess that's the same thing, isn't it's it? It's the same thing, but you know, this is this is the greatest part. And this is about the only thing that I'm gonna say is you have a you have an entire group of people that are looking at the government running their country like a communist state and yet are free to go out there and say speech like that against said government. It's fantastic world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. I it's am here itself. for all of it. It's I'm eating itself. Yeah, it really speaking is. Speaking of Brady. eating, speaking of eating, there were some bonuses handed out last night, but there wasn't a lot of bonuses handed out last night. No. And why no, was that, wasn't. Chris? Well, because there wasn't a whole lot that was bonus worthy. Uh, let's let's be perfectly honest about this. Uh, you know, some of the fights. Listen. You can take a look here if you're watching this on YouTube and you can see how we did and and who who won and who didn't win. And I think that out of our picks, nobody won any money, but this was a difference of one fight between us and how well that we did on our picks. Yeah. None of us none of us saw uh the fact that like, you know, Mike Malott was going to get taken into deep waters after doing like this was basically a a a a throwback to Chael Sonnen, Anderson Silva, where it was just one-sided for the entire match, and and then and then something happens. A banana peel gets thrown out there, and stuff goes crazy. I was on my balcony smoking a cigarette at the end of that fight, and I heard down the street, and I live in a quiet... I actually live in the same city that Mike is from, <laughs> and I could hear it collectively down the street. What? Yeah, that's how many people lost their money. You could literally hear it in the streets of his hometown. The the fight that everybody thought was going to be the fight of the night, the one, you know, the the unsung fight of all of this was, of course, the Alan Evloyev fight that couldn't have been any further from the prediction. But, but props props to both of those guys, though, because that was a dog fight in that last round. In that last round, the last round was a dog fight, right? There's no doubt about it. And, and I mean, you're looking at a guy like Ivloyev who's got like what 18, 19 wins in a row right now, win. yeah, 18th 18. win in a row, and like you know, 18 wins, 24 by decision out of those 18 because that's how long they've lasted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he keeps winning. The problem is, the problem is, is you have to ask yourself, like, where do you go from here with this? Because how do you how do you work yourself into any kind of title contention if you're just putting out these decisions? Crowds do not. They don't like. Listen, there's some crowds that you can go to, Brady, and they don't even like when the guys are on the the guys or the girls are on the ground for more than, you know, 
10 seconds and they're like stand them yeah. up we well, want blood but that's toronto they want death and the guy and, yeah. and you know curtis was saying it sean was saying it even Drakus was saying it these people want to see people die that's just the I, toronto we, crowd i well i don't even know if it's so much just the toronto crowd I think it's a lot of fans, you know, uh, that go to these events of clearly it's a gladiator moment, you mm -hmm. know, how far away are we from just watching executions on pay-per-view at this point? Because at what point do is enough enough? Right. Uh, yeah. No, we, we're not reaching the gladiator States of UFC. That's not happening. Go over to one. If you want to see that kind of stuff, because those guys are kicking heads off into the front row. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, do that while you can, because who knows how long that company's going to be around for. They're running a lot of events right now. So here's here's my question, though, is that we saw, okay, we saw a new female women's champion, bantamweight champion, crowned last night, right, in Raquel Pennington. Props to her, but that fight was... Both of them lost. Both yeah. of them lost. Raquel should have should have never been able to walk away with a belt when you completely disregard four rounds of what your coaches are trying to tell you to do. No, 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 no. Let's call it like it is. The last 30 rounds, she has not listened <laughs> yeah, to her coaches. Yeah, okay. No, perfect. That's, that is, you are 100% right. This girl this a somehow has a title. This young lady, and she is a hell of a fighter. Like when, you, when it sure. comes to Raquel, she is, she is a really good, we're not taking anything away from her skills. She just, you can hear her coaches pleading like someone just stole their firstborn and is running away with it, saying like, just get off the cage. Let yeah. her up. Yeah. And I don't Leo know. Silva, it, it didn't do much of a good job of, of really impressing anybody last night either. So her cardio went to the crapper after that, uh, after about halfway through that third round. It was, it, was the, it was the rear naked attempts. I think just yeah. she just tried that too many times. She went to the well too many times, and it just it caught up with her in terms of cardio. Yep, yep. And you know what? Listen, when you run down that entire, even you run down that division, right? Um, if you look at it right now, Juliana Pena is who should be next if she's able to fight. But outside of that, Ketlin Vieira, Irene Aldana, Holly Holm is the number six fighter at this point in this that division. division. This is the division right now where if Ronda decided to come back and go into this division again, she'd be fine. Yeah. This is the time yeah. for Ronda to come back. If she was ever going to come back right now and want to be dominant again, this is your opportunity now when you look at the top 10 in this weight division. But I think you stand the chance right now, no matter what, if she were to do that, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. This entire division doesn't matter because the only reason it still exists is because Amanda Nunes walked away from it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And Amanda Nunes is not coming back. So even if Ronda were to come back and be like, oh, okay, I can, I'm going to take over this division now. Well, guess what? It's only because Amanda Nunes allows it. That's UFC it. 300. UFC 300, you will see Ronda walk through those, walk out. Mark well, now let's talk, about, let's talk about the main event because that brings up a theory that I talked goes, about. Yep. It brings up a theory that I talked about before when we did the fight predictions. 
Smooth and if you look transition. closely, if you look closely, you can see that you know it was DDP who ended up getting the decision in a fight that was a decent fight. Sean Strickland good, good is fight. hell of a boxer. That jab was destroying DDP's face. Yeah, and then. Sean Strickland's face gets turned into hamburger a little bit, and it turns into a all-out dogfight in that last round. Because you know, listen, I don't know about you, but I had it two-two going into that last round. It was well. first round. First round, definitely. Some could argue the second round went to DDP or it went to Strickland. I had it two-two going into that fifth. Uh, there's no doubt about it that DDP started to find his groove later on in that fight. So I think that that might have had something to do with how the judging was scored in this. If it had gone the other way, I wouldn't have been disappointed in that either. Because it was it was clearly such an even match. Even the bookies knew that this was such an even match. Oh, yeah. This was a pick yeah. and match all the way all the way down the line. You but know of course, is, right? It's not the coaches, it's not the fighters, it's not the judges. It's Drake. Well, listen. The curse is real. Is yeah. Drake the new Bambino? Drake is, is he the Bambino. The ba <laughs> he is the Bambino. He's the Jersey now. Jinx. He's the Jersey <laughs> Jinx, dude. You bet. You always bet again. Like when I seen the main event come, and they don't, and they do this strategically now, where they don't tell you until the boys are almost about to touch gloves that Drake dropped the bet and where he dropped it. Because then you're yeah, like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. You yeah, know. Absolutely. And Drake was in the building. Drake was in the building to make it even worse. Unbelievable. The six jinx. Right? Can we just can we can, can we trademark that six jinx before someone else does and just put Drake's <laughs> face on it? Sell t-shirts. Six jinx. Man, I'm salty. You can tell it. I've, it's not like I've ever met the guy before in real life. Well, he's clearly never learned his gambling skills when during his time at Degrassi. None of us do. <laughs> Unbelievable. Us. And again, All child actors turn into degenerate gamblers. Believe me. They do. Shoot. Take my word. Uh, that is a definite shoot, ladies and gentlemen. But, okay, you know, so moving here's the on question. From Drake's, Drake uh, kiboshing yeah. our main event. It was a good fight. People are pissed at it. You People are just, they always find something to be angry at. I personally thought this could have been a draw, but yep. it, either way, I would have been happy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the question is, the question that I have for you, though, is where do you go from here? What do you do? Where does Sean Strickland go from here? I think that there's really, I mean, because he's still at the top of that, at the top of that division. And the problem is, is that division here. Let me read this down to you here. Let's go. So you have the number two guy is now the champion. Mm -hmm. So you would have to think that Strickland takes his spot because the number one guy in that division is still Israel Adesanya at this point. Or does Izzy move down to the number two and Strickland takes over that number one division? Either or that or number works. one spot. Either or. In the number three spot is Robert Whitaker. Number four, Jared Cannonier. Mm -hmm. Number five, Marvin Vittori. Number six, Paulo Costa, Brendan Allen, and Roman Delizze. Hamzat at number nine. I was just going to okay. say, did you not see that Hamzat is at number nine and he's only ever had two fights? Right. At this weight division. 
and automatically and, and the first person to tweet out see you at 300 now for anybody who believes that hamzat shamayev is going to be fighting ddp at ufc 300 um i mean listen just send your money to drake to bet on it okay because i gone. thought it could have been a real thing but i think it's uh, ramadan or something like that so he's not going to fight during april that's against his religion it's, i believe listen, i don't it know all really that, but... it all really comes down to what happens over the next couple of next couple of days because you know uh ddp said in the in the presser afterwards that he's gonna hang he's hanging out for a few days in toronto right mm -hmm. and it's gonna be a matter of how fast is he healed up is it all just superficial is it all just like swelling and and superficial stuff where he's just got to take that immediate time you know that 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 allotted time that they're supposed to take off because if that's the case we could be seeing Something being set up right now that would bring Izzy back. The story is already there. And if you can get DDP healthy enough to where he feels like he can do a camp, you've got DDP and Izzy for UFC 300, which would be fantastic. Now, you could ask Dana could be thinking this. Hunter could be thinking this. All of the guys could be thinking this, whether or not it's a done deal. Nobody knows. If you were to ask Dana right now, he would say that's a, you know, his uh, his his expressions last night to everything was that is an effing lie. You're an effing liar. And that's that. <laughs> well, somebody's like, can you give us a little bit of a hint? And his response was no, no. <laughs> like, what what did you think was going to happen? Here's the thing. And I'll, I've said this before watching these, you know, watching these pressers. The it's Canadian one of the reasons press, that, but it's the Canadian press makes it even worse, though. Even worse. Yeah. Even worse. And it's one of the reasons that we choose choose to not go to these things. Emphasis on the it's word because, choose. It's because I have zero, zero inkling to sit there and ask the you know obligatory softball questions in that instance. And the problem is, is if you don't ask the softball questions, you know what you don't get? You don't get asked back to the next one. You don't if get I can, credential. If I can be directly honest with everybody listening and without pulling the curtain back completely, I got an email from a very important publication that said, can you go cover this? Here's a camera. Yeah. And I was, I, I didn't, I, I faved the email. Yeah. No. No. So I'm no. supposed to ask Sean Strickland a question and he turns at me and he goes, you're part of the problem, man. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm from the law, live audio wrestling. I'm just, yeah. I yeah. know if you want to sit down and talk to Chris so he can kick in the head for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on from the UFC, 300 is on the horizon. 299 is on the horizon. 298 is on the horizon. Uh, this card, it looked lackluster on paper. Yep. It delivered lackluster in presentation but yep. 298 and 299 are so jacked up that i don't know if there's a chance for that to even happen so the horizon of ufc looks great over the next couple months i'm super stoked for that here's the thing 298 and 299 almost look too jacked up they're pretty jacked up because at this point now what do you do with it? like what's left for 300 mm -hmm. well what's left is it you Here's your three biggest stars, ladies and gentlemen, in the UFC. It's Conor McGregor, it's Israel Adesanya, and it's John Jones. Oh, I could, of, I could argue O'Malley's up there now, too, though. 
none of the well O'Malley not available. Two ninety. I'm talking about guys, I'm talking about guys oh, that are yes. available. Yeah. That are available to fight. And those you are th- arguably three the three biggest names in the UFC. There are so many rumors going around right now. They're like Ronda Rousey's training, Habib's training. Nope. There's nope. so many like it's let's just let's all just sit back. Like it's gonna yeah. be Christmas morning when Dana makes the announcement. Yeah. And let's all be excited and happy for it because it's gonna be big. We know that. And you're gonna you're gonna watch it. Because it's going to be big. But three of those names that you just said are people that are either injured currently or coming off of injuries. Not necessarily. I mean, Connor should be good to go. I think it's just a matter of waiting until the stuff comes out of his system. No, no. He's mentally damaged. He's not getting any better. (laughs) And, And he's having fun promoting his forged out ale. Whatever it is, right? He's having fun. John Jones. John Jones injured. Is he? Just decided to take some time off. He said he has some healing to do. Of course. course. Mentally. And it was 100 percent Listen, the pressures, the pressures of being a champion for as long as he was, right? I mean, who would want to do that? So now the question you have to ask yourself is: does he want to come back? To possibly have to go through that all over again this quick, right? So these are all questions that we ask each other. And you think that these aren't questions that the UFC brass and in the offices aren't asking themselves? Yep. Of course they are. Of course they are. And they're going to give us a hell of a card. They're going to give us a hell of a show. And mm-hmm. you know what? Even if it's not, we're going to watch it because we just watched one that they put on this past weekend in Canada. This Everybody Canada, watched it anyway. Is the definition of irony that it took so much coffee and cannabis to get through the event last night? Like, is that because like, coffee and cannabis is a Canadian thing? It was a oh, Canadian the three event. Seized. The three and you seized. needed the, Yeah, you needed that to get through last night. It's crazy. It's All right, crazy. but speaking of injuries, we'll take yes. a little step over from the world of MMA and go into Let's the world of professional wrestling. Injuries right. seem to be at an all-time high over the past couple months. Yeah, And it's not just me. I think everybody's starting to see it. I think we found a list, a very long list of there everybody list. who is currently on the injured list from every major company, whether that's TNA, AEW, WWE, New Japan. We have a list. Now, now. you want to run this down now? I'm going to let you do your your let's, proper delivery on people's names. Let's let's talk about this for a second because this is a this is definitely a serious subject that seems to be getting more and more serious. There's no secret that injuries happen in the world of professional wrestling. I've broken my neck in the world of professional wrestling. Same, right? It's this is just a thing. I've I've got shoulders that permanently dislocate all the time. I've got bones that crack. This is just the nature of the beast. It is. But these are injuries that are putting people on the shelf for long periods of time. Just this year alone, let's talk about this. Braun Strowman out. Mm -hmm. Dexter Loomis inactive. Eric of the Viking Raiders. Giovanni Vinci. Liv Morgan is out with a shoulder injury. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, who, of course, 
mast cell activation syndrome. That's not necessarily an injury, but it has her it's, out right now. We'll add it to the list, though. Sonia Deville, torn ACL. Seth Rollins, torn MCL. Charlotte Flair, torn ACL, MCL, and meniscus. Yeah, Dakota insane. Kai just had knee injury surgery, right? And rehabbing, sorry, not surgery. Rey Mysterio, surgery on his knee. Sheamus, shoulder, right? Alexa Bliss got pregnant, so she's on the shelf. <laughs> Big E is still out with a broken neck. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's been like Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, fellow Canadian boy that I've known for many, many, many years. He just had to have fusion surgery, mm -hmm. right? Tamina. Uh, Titus O'Neil says he's still healing up from a knee injury as well. Zion Quinn. Cora Jade, the most one of the most recent ones here, torn yeah. ACL, Yeah. right? Sol Ruka, torn ACL of last year, still not back. Uh, Wendy Chu, yeah. Wes Lee. Over in AEW, Adam Cole. I mean, we've seen him walking around with yeah. a boot still. Yeah, he's still in a boot. Britt Baker, Bandito, Chuck Taylor. Um, let's see, what do we got here? Jamie Hayter, yep. Juice Robinson with a back injury. Oh, yeah, the uh, back injury. I forgot about that. Keith Lee, still not still not uh cleared. Kenny this Omega. Is insane. This is Kenny insane. Omega out. Kota Ibushi. Right? Ligament tear. Oh, yeah. Kyle yeah, he Kyle O'Reilly with neck fusion. Right? MJF. I mean, everything. You know, he's got a torn labrum. Because <laughs> he's been working he's so hard. everything. Right? Okay. Pack is out. Gonna... Ray Phoenix is out. Sammy Guevara injured. Stu Grayson. Tay Mello in TNA, you know. Uh, Killian King. Mark Andrews, it's crazy, crazy. And that's just, that's not just, the, that's just the people that are currently under contracts right now. Oh, now, is this just because these, like all these companies have so many workers and it's just, it's just because there's so many people involved now that the numbers will look like they're bigger than they ever have been. Or is this a work style? Is this a style of work? Like what's going on here? Scheduling? I think it's. I think it could possibly be a little bit from column A, B, C, and D. Okay. Right. This is an all of the all of the above kind of thing right now. And this is one of the things that I talk about. Um, and I've talked about this with other people, and I even talk about this a little bit later on uh, with our guest this week, Breeze, former Tyler Breeze of the WWE. As much as the business has evolved, as much as the the moves have gotten more dynamic over the years, more dangerous. Uh, the WWE, you know, with their campaign, with the don't try this at home, there's a reason for that, right? Because not everybody has a ring. And as you yeah. can see by this list, even in a ring, even in a ring that is put together by professionals that know what they're doing. And I'll say this, I will toot my own horn on this because I built rings. I've probably built some of the best rings in all of Canada. I'll go out on a limb and say it. You have. I've bumped in rings. Uh, believe me, it's the ring that's currently in rotation right now is the, one of the nicest rings I've ever been in. Thank you. It's built by people that know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And these WWE rings, built by people that know what they're doing. 
So it's not the equipment because the equipment hasn't hasn't changed. If anything, the equipment has gotten more advanced over time. There was a time when you would have a a Royal Rumble match, you know, when when in the, during those eras, those eighties, early nineties eras, when you had like your tugboats and typhoons and Hulk Hogan's, and like you had thirty seven thousand pounds of man inside of this ring, and these rings were stiffened up to the hilt because they had to hold that kind of weight. Gorilla used to now say, for, it, I, "They've reinforced the ring for tonight's Royal Rumble." Absolutely, and they have. They absolutely have which meant that there wasn't a heck of a lot of bumping because there's zero give on those ones. So fast forward to today when we don't have that same style, when the style is changed into in, in a way that people want to see more dynamic moves, people want to see more acrobatic stunts, so to speak. The problem is, is as, as much as that has happened, there's one thing that, has never ever changed equipment can get better can be more advanced moves can be more intricate can be more difficult and can be more awe-inspiring when you watch them mm -hmm. but the one thing that never changes it's human anatomy and human anatomy is the base for doing all of these things knees don't get miraculously bigger over time we're not morphing like that, okay? Next, don't get miraculously stronger over time. They actually deteriorate when you smash them up against, you know, blunt force trauma objects and taking bumps and whatnot. So you have to ask yourself, are these people, are the performers, are they doing too much? I mean, if you're asking me, absolutely they are. Why? Why are they? I mean, I can tell you why I think, and it's something that we talked about earlier, Brady. The fact that you have fans, for example, watching these UFC events, and they want to see blood. They want to see people getting as, as physical as they possibly can. Same reason that we go to see NASCAR races for the longest time. And I don't care about the faithfuls <laughs> yep. who are like, we want to see, we want to see a good old race. No, for the majority of time you went because you wanted to see a crash. That's, why that's you, what people want to go to the see. local. When you go to the local fall fair, the number one thing yeah. every single weekend, demolition, demolition derby. all day long. Right. Yeah. So the same thing is happening in pro wrestling. I think where the fans themselves are like, ah, eh, we've seen that. Give me something better. Give me something newer. Give me something more crazy. Give me something that I haven't seen before. And the performers are in a position, I think, just in my opinion, they're in a position where they're like, I need to do more. I need to do something bigger. Because if I don't, well, then the guy sitting on the other side of the railing is going to start to think that he's on the same level as me. He's going to start to think that he can do what I do. And I've worked far too hard and far too long to get where I am to just make you believe that you can do it too. No. So I'm going to put my body on the line just for your entertainment. So is that Sting's excuse? Is that Sting's excuse or is Sting just going out with a bang? 
Like, is it one of those, what, because I'm back and forth on where I feel Sting is right now, where he's doing some of the, like he did a, a he did a, a drop off of like a stage yeah. onto a table a couple weeks ago. Like what the, what are you doing Sting? You don't need to do That's- this stuff. You can go out there and hit and tap someone with the bat and they'll pop the exact same way. At this point, you have to ask yourself, is he going to actually going out, go out with a bang? Or is he going to go out with a whimper? Or is he going to go out at all? Because at this point, it's almost like, you know, it's not the road to WrestleMania. It's the road for Sting on whether or not he can get there to that final match. He's going to end the up stuff like that he's doing. If he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? This is, he's already had an issue where when Seth gave him that power bomb 10 years ago in that corner, and his whole his whole body just dropped like his like his dick his his dick his disc just compressed and it just dropped him and it it's like it shut off every nerve in his spine for a second. That's the you never thought that he'd be ten years later taking bumps off stage. It's crazy if you think about what he's willing to put <laughs> his body through at this point. Why is the question? He doesn't care. have to. He doesn't have to. Now, this this also leads to the point. Now, uh, um, we know that the business is a, it's an ego driven business. Mm-hmm. Every single performer has has at one point or another had the look at me attitude. No, myself included. Oh, the problem is. No, well, uh, okay, even more so included. Could you imagine those little twerps that like start off as actors and then get into wrestling? I quit a very successful career to go around Canada making $20 if I was lucky at night. I paid my dues. No, <laughs> you're dumb. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Exactly. If 40-year-old me could go back and talk to 18-year-old yeah. Brady and just be like, but you know, uh, here's the thing. It's stupid, but it's not. I Somehow, even 20 years later, I'm doing a show on YouTube on a Sunday when I should be spending time with my beautiful family, right? Talking about yeah. the business that I don't understand why I even love it. And that's why I would have left being a millionaire as a kid with a full-time career mm-hmm. as a TV actor to get into this. But it does go back to what you're saying about injuries. By the time I was given the green light, I was so broken, I couldn't barely do anything. Yeah. 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 And here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know the injuries that we're going to put our bodies through. Um, Sometimes some people don't think that they're going to be as severe when they get started, but it could happen. It's bad, you know, but then there's people, there's people that have been in the business for, you know, 10, 15 plus years that have never had an injury and they're doing just fine. Freaks of nature is what I like to call them. The Rob Van Dams of the world, the Eric Youngs, these guys who just went like they've went so long with these careers and just been able to kind of bypass these these insane injuries that some people get. Yeah. The unfortunate thing. Is, again, there's still too many, too many of these performers. That aren't fortunate like that. Yeah. Not everybody can be a Brock Lesnar. Right where you're just this freak of nature running gambit through the business. Majority of people are going to end up with some kind of an injury. So then you have to ask yourself, what's next? Where do we go from here? How do we, how do we stop this from happening? Let's say there was a young, 
there's a young worker listening or a young wrestler or aspiring wrestler, what do you, what sure. would be the advice that you'd give them right now if they were listening to it and you were to say, look at like, yeah, what would you, what would you say? What would you say? I would say before you, before you even think about starting to get into all of that flashy stuff, make sure that your bases are covered. Make sure that you have an education to fall back on because this could all be taken away from you at the drop of a dime, mm -hmm. all of it. And if you can't walk when it's taken away from you, you're going to have a problem. So one thing that you've got to remember that you've got to do is you've got to go out there and you've got to learn how to be a base. You've got to learn how to have proper footwork. You've got to learn how to be in the right place at the right time all the time. No matter what time of the match it is, you've got to learn how to be there to support the person or people that you're in the ring with. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have this, then you really have no business trying to learn how to do any kind of a 450 or, you know, a shooting star, scorpion, death driver, moonsault, acai, breakfast bowl, burrito, whatever the hell it is. You have no mm -hmm. business because you're going to end up injuring yourself and you're going to end up injuring somebody else. And that's the other part of this. When we're talking about these performers that are getting injured right now, what about the people that they're in there with, right? What does this do to them? What does this do to their psyche? What does this do? Did it, did it happen because of something they did? Are they responsible for putting this person on the shelf? Listen, I'm going to throw it out there to you guys, the fans, right? The, uh, the 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 people that pay their hard-earned money to go be entertained by folks like myself, Brady, much better people out there in the world that do it. I'm going to throw this out to you. Maybe don't be so hungry. Maybe don't be so bloodthirsty. Maybe start getting more into the story. Now, if you can agree to do that, then maybe the wrestlers themselves can start investing more into telling the story as opposed to just going out there and giving you that TikTok 30-second bing bam, thank you, ma'am, match. There is a solution for this. We as fans need to buy more merch. I'm telling you, hear me out. If we buy more merch... okay. Let's say a wrestler goes out and, and takes takes what you're saying and they're an mm -hmm. established person and they switch for six months and they just start doing right. the whole Hollywood Hogan method. Right? The, the whole like back yeah. rakes, eye rakes, stop taking bumps. Two, three, finish with a bump. Open with a bump, finish with a bump. Right? Mm -hmm. Little little bumper on either end of it. Um and you just buy more of their merch consistently. Like our truth is showing you what you can do. Our truth is a perfect example of longevity. Now, good genes too, but a perfect example of longevity. Less is more. It's that old saying when you're in the ring. I used to say this as a ref when I'd get in there with two kids that you'd be scared. You could see the second that you'd like, you'd look at them and they were like, they, they go blank. And I remember every time they get to the corner or they lock up and be like, guys, slow down. What? Slow down. Slow down, slow well, down, I, slow. I don't know what you mean by down. That. What slow do you mean by that? Everything, slow down. But don't I don't know slow. how. Slow. What up? I'm over here now. 
Guys, okay, take it home. Uh, okay, take it home. Yeah. Take it, it happens. Home. Yeah, no, it is, absolutely happens. If you feel like you're going too slow, go even slower. Listen, I've said it in matches myself while working with the person that I'm working with. Slow down. Where mm -hmm. you, you got to be? Where you got to be? You know what? You, you want to know when the next match comes out? When we're done. <laughs> And the only person you're going to piss off is a promoter, which you're going to do anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Listen, at the end of the day, Slow down. what it comes down to is if you want to have any kind of longevity, yep. you have to take care of your body. And the unfortunate reality is, is we're talking about people that some of these people might only be a couple of years into the business. Some of these people are like 10, 15 years into the business before these, they have these kinds of injuries happen to them, but you never know when that's going to happen. Right. Does, is the equipment going to change? No, no, the equipment's not going to change because we're at the point now, because I don't honestly know what you could do to change it, to make it any better. I don't, uh, other than maybe surfaces and the type of padding, but the way that a ring is constructed, we're at the peak. We're at the yes. peak of what we're going to be able to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I rack my brain looking at it all the time. How can I make this better? Right. What can I do to change this, to make it better? Give it and six really sides. What, I, what I've done is I've come up with way, ways to make it different, not make it better. Listen, if I could figure out a way, and I've thought about this, Brady, that six-sided ring idea, I've tried know. to figure it out, how I can make this so that it still works like a proper ring, right? Yeah. But has that six-sided ability, because that's always a thing. And anybody we've ever talked to about that ring has always said the same thing, right? Now, the problem is, is the reason, the reason a lot of workers, I think, say that same thing is because, you know, Anybody out there, go ahead, raise your hand, raise your hand right now. If you trained and you learned how to wrestle in a six sided ring, you didn't, you barely knew how to work around into a four sided ring. And then, but you figured that out. And now all of a sudden you end up, oh, Hey, guess what? We're just going to throw two more in here for you just to confuse the hell out of you because we're trying to, because we're trying to create something new the guys who like the six-sided ring and i know a lot of some of the vets love love the idea of it they're just like you adapt to it it made it unique it's great when you're you know flipping the channels and you come across it that kind of a thing it's it is unique and there's some guys that like working in it but it is definitely sure. a ring that you have to already be a prodigy yeah you already yeah. got to be at the top level to be able to go to that and adapt to that perfectly and even then even then, it's so what hard. you've done, what you've done is you've also taken the, the the entire dimension of it and you've made it smaller. And when you've made it smaller, everything becomes a little bit more compact, and there's not as much give in the middle for when you're working around. So how do you compensate for something like that? Well, you try to make it softer so that you bump in it. Well, the problem if you compensate like that to bump in it, what you're doing is you're using extra thick padding, and the extra thick padding is a problem because when you have guys running the ropes and running inside of a ring like that, it's like running on a pillow. And when you've ever run on a pillow before, you can twist your ankle pretty good, and that, to, that is a is is an injury. I'm trying to do a baseball slide on that. Yeah, you know no. what it's like to do a baseball slide, even if the if the 
the mat is not tied completely tight. You'll blow your knee out and put your leg behind your head. So, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, footwork and all that and uh, perfect rings. I don't, you know, a six-sided ring, I think they probably did as much as they could do to make that thing as as viable as it could be. But one of the really cool things, and this is a great segue into where we're heading, is uh, I used to love when they would do their rumble versions and they would do that in the six-sided ring. I always felt like that was better for a rumble or a battle royal setting or a multi-man match. It just seemed like that was really cool and unique. So it'd be interesting to see if TNA even just brings it back again for one night. Speaking of rumbles. Let's do a quick little talk about the Rumble before we head off to the next sponsor and, and then come sure. back and roll this right out. But the Royal Rumble is coming up next week. Yeah. There has been a bit of a curveball thrown into the mix now with Seth Rollins uh, being out and Vacant taking the belt again. So yep. Vacant is one of the most prestigious champions of all time. Vacant has beaten the likes of Andre the Giant. Vacant has beaten the likes of uh, Randy Savage. Uh, Vacant has now just beaten Seth Rollins and his champion. So do they make this rumble for the world title or do they leave vacant vacant with the belt until elimination chamber and decide and figure that all out then? Well, I think you've got to, at some point, the obvious story for this, if you're asking me is that this belt has to end, has to end up on, on CM Punk. Oh wow! Because, you think it needs to end up on Punk? Because 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 that's the story coming back. The Punk Seth Rollins story is money, and I think that if you can get this belt onto Punk, let him run with it a little bit, and then when Seth comes back, there's the feud. There's the you know Seth can be. You've been keeping this thing warm for me. Punk can be. We didn't. We 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 gave up on you. You were gone and reverse the whole thing that he's been doing with him going to AEW. Here is why I hope you are wrong because there <laughs> is not at one, not one mention of mm-hmm. the new future world champion. That is our truth. They have been given the blessing, <laughs> put the belt on our truth. Ladies and gentlemen, he's okay. here. It's there. Let's go. R-Truth in the WrestleMania faces The Rock. Who's the head of the table? Really? No, but... Uh, not we, even close. Okay. Not even close. But if we're going to go into actual reality here, I think the belt goes on Drew. Well, see, the story there, I mean, still plays itself out too. That's the beautiful thing, is that like this kind of turned into a three-way story, the original story being with CM Punk, Seth Rollins, and the heat mm-hmm. there. And then Drew kind of got thrown into that mix as well, which was a blessing because not knowing, obviously, that Seth Rollins is going to get injured and then boop, gets injured. Well, now what are we supposed to do? Well, you just kind of remove him from that three-way picture, right? Don't for- and you've still don't forget, got the though, story. Don't forget that Cody Rhodes has been behind my couch the whole time saying, hey, guys, me, hey. Right. Hey! Well, I, I, think, I, think the, uh, I think that you move Cody up. And Cody gets himself involved with, with the idea of Roman Reigns. Cody this, and Roman is a great thing. Is this the best professional wrestling event of the year? And I don't mean in terms of the card value. I'm talking about just the Royal Rumble itself. To me, this is WrestleMania. Traditionally, Royal Rumble has been my favorite card of the year. It's the best. Always. It's the best. Because, because of the surprise entrance. 
for those matches. And just because it, of always like the, the, the work around the Royal rumble has definitely changed where it's gone from, you know, go out there, find somebody hit the ropes and stick to the ropes in the corners. And off you go. Now it's go out there, hit your finisher on four different dudes, then find the ropes. Everybody's got to get their spot in first. So when I was but a kid, still. Royal rumble was like the, my version of finding a PWI magazine. So I because okay. I was primarily a, I was in here in Ontario, right? And I I lived out in the country. So I only had I only had an antenna. So I could only watch WWF. There was no there was nothing else outside, but I knew that there was other stuff that existed, Ric Flair, all that. So when Carlos Colon would enter the ring in a rumble, okay. and he's never been even heard or seen of before. Mill Mascris runs down. It felt like opening up a PWI because I got to see these stars or these people that were like, I'm like, who the f- fuck is this carlo and his head's all gigged open like new jack i'm like what is happening or who is it but it made me research these people or when i did find a pwi i was like oh that's carlos cologne who came into the 91 rumble or whatever it was 93 rumble he was 93 but yeah anyway i just i love the rumble i just love the surprises you're right here's the thing as it stands you've only got six five or six people that have declared themselves for the rumble Mm -hmm. on the guy's side you you got cody rhodes cm punk uh, Shinsuke, uh, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Gunther. Yeah, that's it. We that's um, I don't that is about 24 people short, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, where are they long. coming from? Right on the women's side, Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. That's it. That's all you've had for this. So, now let's talk about some of the surprises very quickly. I mean, the mm-hmm. rumors are you know, who who could show up. For the men's Royal Rumble. Do you have anybody in mind that you would think is going to be showing up this year? I'd love to see MJF, but I don't think it's that. That's not going to happen. Um, and if you're going to go old legend, no. I don't care. Just well, give me I mean, rumor. Just give me some rumor again. Rumor, rumor again has been, you know, uh, Sean Waltman is supposed to be there. That, I'll take Obviously, that. I'll take that. Take, take her, take her is supposed to be there. Uh, that weekend because him and you know Michelle McCool and she was a surprise entrance I think last year wasn't it for yeah. the women's one so I mean that could always be a thing could you imagine if Undertaker is the is a surprise entrant to the Royal Rumble and our truth eliminates him it'd be the best it'd be the absolute best that actually would be shoot that'd be pretty good that's how you get our truth <laughs> over you talk about that so, for the next 10 years and he's good he can retire off that so here's the other matches, and then we'll talk very quickly about who you think who do you think wins the rumble? Let's go there first. I, I really can't make a prediction because I don't know what they're doing with it yet. Right. I feel like we're gonna get an announcement, you know, tomorrow or on Monday Night Raw or whenever you guys are listening to this, the the, the mm-hmm. Raw before uh Rumble. I think that's that's probably what's gonna happen. Yeah, I think that you're gonna I think that there's gonna have to be a few more names thrown in there before you're like, Oh, here we go. But but randomly, if I just have to throw out a name right now, Drew McIntyre wins again. I mean, that's a. I mean, obviously, it's going to be one of the guys at the top of the at the top of the card who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's further storylines. You talk about this match now, real quick, like yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I don't think anything really happens in the match that has Kevin Owens and Logan Paul in there. I don't think that that is. I think that uh, Kevin is going to go out there and do what he does best, and that is work, work, work. And Logan Paul is going to still be the champion at the end of this. Guaranteed. I think that the story, 
I think the story going into this is from this match, right, that you have with Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, uh, AJ Styles, and LA Knight, because LA Knight has now come out and said that if Logan Paul doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut, he's going to, <clears throat> are you ready for this? He's going to lay down the law, Brady. That's what he said. Yep. Yep. LA Knight, uh-huh, said he's going to lay down the law. Uh-huh. Yep. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. He said that's what, what he said. He said it. Does he not know that we have a trademark on the, the, term, <laughs> the law in all professional wrestling? Demos? So I think that there's obviously there's the story coming out of that. I think that this four way at the Rumble is a really nice way to keep the belt on Roman. Yeah. Going into going into mania, obviously. I'm taking yeah. That back. I'm taking that right? back. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot. Yeah. L.A. Knight obviously has, you know, a story with Logan coming out of that. And I mean, if you had to, boom, there it is. Randy Orton and AJ Styles. I'd love to see that matchup. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Right. So it's it's obvious, but not obvious because this is the WWE and they've been known to crazy switch things up at the last minute because you never know what kind of injuries are going to happen. Our truth, our truth, our truth. Can I hear y'all? Our truth, our I, truth. Yeah. I would love nothing more than to see our truth. This is what I'm saying. Our truth needs to win the rumble. Okay. And then his challenge, my heart, his challenge is against Michael Cole for the announcing spot to sit at the table. All right. Okay. Or oh, who's the who's the girl that who's the girl that does the uh, ring announcing? I don't know. That, <laughs> I have no idea. That, I don't know, but you can't give our truth to live Mike. Why? Give him a live mic for three hours on Mondays. Could you imagine our truth introducing everybody that Dude, came after, down? After a week of it, he would just start going into business for himself. You, this is and this is why he gets over. You got to love the guy. Um, okay, so moving on from the UFC has a, a bright future. WWE yes. has a bright future. A bright yes. future. The other companies inside of uh, professional wrestling have a future that could be bright, but they need to fix the light bulb. They need to change that light bulb. They need to screw it in really tight, and they need to get back on track and head into the direction they were heading in previously because I think things will be all right for them too. So before we roll this ride out, let's play some more commercials and pay some bills. Are you a member of the BC Bud Tender community? Tetherbuds is bringing their unique experience to the West Coast for the first ever event in Vancouver, BC. January 24, 2024, Tether's Vancouver event will be the ultimate Bud Tender experience, featuring industry-leading brands, gift bags, and great vibes. Plus, complimentary food, refreshments, and music. Media, influencers, and other industry professionals are encouraged to join the fun. January 24, 2024 at Beaumont Studios. Get your tickets today at fanatickets.com. TotalSportCards.com Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with TotalSportCards.com TotalSportCards.com Proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. And we're back, of course, and it would be 
not a complete show unless I asked you, Brady. What's up, my friend? Of, you've heard of Pod Stars, right? I've heard of Pod Stars. I mean, and everybody else has heard of Pod Stars by now, right? Everybody's hearing about. I'm telling you, the word on the street, Pod Stars is the place to be. Podstars.net. What is Podstars.net is a collective group of celebrities, influencers, heroes, just anyone you can think about that has something to share. Educational people. You got a little bit of everything with Podstars. And one of the things that you can do with Podstars is subscribe to their service and book these celebrities for your own podcast. To me, that is actually one of the easiest things ever because you know as well as I do, even if you know you have celebrity friends, Trying to message them and get them on your pod is a pain in the tuchus. But with yeah, podstars.net, you don't got to worry about any of that now. And it's podstars.net? Podstars.net. Now that's spelt a little bit differently, though, isn't it? It's with a Z or a Z, depending on what country you live in. Which side of the border are you at depends on how you say the letter Z. Podstars.net. All right. I'm going to check it out later. Yeah, go do it, please. Perfect. Now, before we get to checking that out, you know what we are going to do? What are we doing? We're going to wrap this whole thing up, my friend. Let's roll this right out, sir. And then what we'll do, for those of you, like we said earlier, if you are listening to this on your subscribing channels, either Spotify, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of those podcast providers, if you're listening to this there, then you are going to hear a seamless, absolutely flawless transition into an interview. The TID's kick in the head segment this week where I get to sit down and talk with former WWE superstar Tyler Breeze, now just Breeze running a school called Flatbacks with a former AEW superstar and personal friend of ours, Sean Spears. We sit down for, as you know, a good length of time and find out all of his story and some very interesting stuff that you've probably never heard before. Yeah, there were some, some gems dropped on there that I've never heard before. So if you're watching this on our YouTube then as soon as you were done here, by the time we're all done, you're going to finish this. Boop, it's going to come out. Bam. Video is good to go, and you can just click on that and watch it as well. See, we are taking care of all of your needs here on The Law, live audio wrestling. And you know what we don't have? We don't have other people to push those buttons for us. Nope. So we got to do all of this stuff ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Nope, they're busy now. So what I'm going to ask of you right now, as we pass around this, this donation plate, all you have to donate is a subscribe or a like or a comment. That's it. Justify. That's it. Right? We're not All asking. All right, audio you. listeners, you stick around here. Chris, to our YouTube, uh, our YouTube watchers. Yeah. You, you want to plug before we get out of here? Listen, you know where you can check it all out. You can check it all out over at, at Tid Talk on YouTube. That's where I can have all of my stuff. You can also, of course, the Law Live Audio Wrestling on all of your uh, podcast providers. The Law hyphen Live Audio Wrestling on YouTube. Myself at Notorious TID, as well as a shout out to all of our good friends over at SNME Radio and anybody else that puts up with us on a weekly basis. That's it for me. That's it for me, my friend. 
One more time. Tuck your chin. special friends you can catch greg and brad your smack daddies each weekend on the snme radio network we cover our lives what's happening on the east coast and eventually cover smackdown check us out each week at sundaynightsmainevent.com please subscribe to get your smack daddies and the rest of the snme radio network content directly to your podcatcher for less than a dollar a week we the ones As you can see, it is that time once again for the weekly part of the show that we like to call TID's Kick in the Head. And this week, joining me, none other than, uh, let's see, former NXT Tag Team Champion, uh, apparently a really cool video game player, because that's what he does now. Um, uh, uh, and, and we'll say questionable, uh, questionable eyes for talent because his business partner well we'll get into that later <laughs> on as well sure, sure. I'm, I'm talking about tyler breeze former tyler breeze now just breeze right how you doing brother good man how are you doing i'm doing fantastic uh take me back all the way to the beginning because i try to put these i try to put these timelines together on on people's you know careers and how they broke down um and yours i mean wow so let me see if I got this. You started off, okay, you're originally from BC, right? right? But you you have your first match and you're living in Alberta, right? Yeah, yeah, I moved over to Calgary to train with Lance Storm. Okay, uh, but before it, that, before yeah. that you were already working. I was not. Oh, okay. I was not. Lance Storm was uh I trained with Lance in January of 2007, uh and then I finished up with him in March of 2007. Uh, and that started working immediately in Alberta. And I lived in Alberta for like three, four years. Um, and then I kind of went over to BC, did a couple shows here and there. But yeah, Lance was the start of everything. So when you were, how did you, who pointed you in Lance's direction? Uh, honestly, I just stumbled upon it. So I was kind of looking at, you know, what the options were. And you know how it is, just kind of being stuck in in the middle of nowhere, Canada, uh, trying to figure out how to navigate this whole thing and, and, you know, how to go to the States and everything else. So all I really knew was what was attached to WWE. So at the time it was OVW and I went, all right, you know, do I have to, I guess I have to go to Louisville to get trained and then, you know, try to do the developmental stuff and whatever. And I had no clue what I was getting into. And, um, and so I was like, man, this would be a lot easier if there was like a local wrestling school or something close. So I'm literally just kind of like, all right, OVW, I'm corresponding with them. I'm talking to, you know, the receptionist there and like, all right, so I just have to save up all my money and then go there because I can't work in the States or anything. So I'm trying to make this plan. And all of a sudden, it must have just popped up on Google or something of like, oh, the Storm Wrestling Academy. And I looked and I went, wait, that's in Alberta. That's right next to me. I can still work. I can just go there. Yeah, I'm going to do that because, you know, I grew up watching Lance and I know that he's good and all that other stuff. So it just kind of it was it was just dumb luck that I stumbled upon it. And uh, I think he was only in his first two or three years of training people at that point. Um, so I was one of the earlier ones. And it just it, it worked out nice. So he and he was running. He runs those camp styles. Yes. Right. What is it? Uh, what was he doing? Not he was three, three, three months, months, right? Yeah. So, so it was January months. to January to the end of March. And then away you go. And then that was it. Who else was in your class with you? Uh, no one. Yeah. No one that ended up, you know, kind of going on to do stuff. 
um, there was a couple guys who were very good, um, but you know, they just decided not to pursue it. Um, and it just kind of turned into what it turned into, but you know, still a couple of buddies that I'm still friends with and stuff like that, but yeah, they just, you know, never really, they, they got their taste of it and, you know, did maybe a couple indies here and there, but they really, you know, that was kind of the end of it. Could you, could you imagine like the amount of people that go through these things? If you, the amount of people that don't make it anywhere out of some of these classes and that start off. And I know for myself, you know, all of the training and, and, and over the years and who you see come and go and come and go, it's, it's unbelievable the amount. So you finish off there and then boom, thrown to the wolves. Mm -hmm. Where do you go? Uh, well, there was a local, so, you know, then, then comes, what do I do from here? Uh, you know, how do yeah. I get working? And luckily Lance was really cool. He was, oh, you know, he was like, Hey, just so you know, like Jeff, your gear, like you should be out there going. Cause he knew that, you know, that I, I should pursue this kind of thing. And, um, so there was a local promotion, uh, just outside of Calgary and Lethbridge that had popped up. It was called power zone wrestling. It was PZW and they were actually doing pretty good. They were putting on some good shows. And uh, I had a couple of uh, guys that I'd met who were working there. And so I just kind of caught a ride, went down, uh, got booked, did my first show. And then I stuck on with them. And then they were kind of like my local show for the like one show a month or two shows a month. And then from there, I met a couple of guys who uh, were working in a promotion called PWA for Calgary and Edmonton. So then all of a sudden I got on with them. And then now I'm working three or four times a, a, a month. Um, and then I actually started branching out because, again, you just meet people and, and they go, you know, from right. place to place. And then I started meeting a couple guys, uh, one guy named Danny Duggan, who uh, was a Winnipeg guy. And he got me yep. booked on these Ernie Todd tours where we'd kind of go That's in the middle of nowhere. Was. Yeah. Damn it. I was, I was sitting, I was racking my brain, <laughs> right? Because I knew that like, I was, I was sitting there looking at the, thinking the timeline in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so you would have been around. So that would have been like guys like Vance, and Vance like yep, yep. Randy Myers would oh, yeah, have been around yep. for you back then, right? Ran okay. Ran so Randy, funny enough, he was actually the guy who uh, signed for me to help me get my passport because uh, I, I, I needed like a character witness or whatever. And he just happened to be the guy who signed to help me get my passport. Listen, nobody's a better character than <laughs> Randy fucking Myers, but. Right, right. <laughs> so, and then, okay. So I was, and then I was racking my brain because I knew that Tony uh, Tony Candelo had yep. stopped doing the tours and a bunch of stuff had gotten sold off in like yes. areas, almost like it was a territory. And I think that bit. like Frank, uh, um, uh, Frank from Ontario had taken some. And I think that Danny is now doing some, but I couldn't yep. remember who else took it. And as soon as you said that it was Ernie Todd, Ernie I was Todd, like, oh, that's man. exactly who it was. Ernie, wow. Ernie was running those reservation shows. And I, I like, he never did, you know, full death tour style where like right. Tony used to go up in the middle of nowhere. Um, Ernie was a little bit more, but I mean, it was also all over the place. Like we got booked on that and it was, you'd start in Ontario and then go to Alberta and then back to Ontario and then go to Winnipeg. And it was like, man, we're literally just showing up, do the show, unpack the ring, drive. And like, it was kind of crazy, but it gave you that, you know, tour feeling. And, and actually at that point, which was funny because they were bought shows and everything, you'd actually make like better money than anywhere else. So I do these shows. I met some connections. I got to, you know, travel around Canada a little bit to places where I'd never been and just kind of start getting your feet wet on what wrestling's all about, which it's great. I can't recommend it enough. Like you it, stumbling upon those type of things. That's right. where you learn, man. That's where you like, uh, you know, being crammed in the back with luggage and just being like, all right, this is cool for eight hours. You know what I mean? It's like, that's it's the worst news or whatever you want to call it. So dude, I can remember like I did a couple, me and some of the boys did a couple of those like out East. 
mm-hmm. uh, the Maritimes, like because uh, Emile Dupre used to run. Grand yeah, Prix. yeah, yeah. I could never get and, on. I could never get on with him. After those, after those, they had a a, a group called uh, Real Action Wrestling. Raw, okay. and it was run by um, Cowboy Mike Hughes and Kingman. Were out okay. there. Uh, they used to do a lot of stuff with with Emile. Right. Sure. And then some guy started his own thing. So they had us all out there and that's exactly what it was. We'd be out there for a couple of months at a time, just yeah. doing the circuit, doing the same circuit, loading up eight guys into a van, getting pissed off at, you know, Todd Douglas because he's peeing in a bottle in the back of the thing and trying to that's, throw it out the door. And it's just like, right. and, and, but at the time you're like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Oh yeah. There was nothing like, you know, I'm telling my job, like, I don't, I don't think I held a job for more than a couple of months. Cause I'd be like, Hey, I got to take the weekend off. And they'd be like, I don't, I don't like this, but you got to, I'm going, man, I'm going to make my 20 bucks and do whatever and just have fun. You know? Wait, 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 hold on. You weren't smart enough to be the um, quote, quote, personal trainer. Never. Like everybody else in the Never. business. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Never, ever, ever. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. So, so you're doing, you do, you do the Ernie Todd kind of death tour, mm-hmm. the wish you were dead tour, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then you hear about the tryouts Yep. and you go to a couple of the tryouts, right? Yeah. So th- that was FCW time. So mm-hmm. I'd kind of been doing the ind- in independent stuff for, I want to say three years. Um, okay. And so, yeah, 2007 to about 2010, and I just started to realize, like, you know, ah, it's kind of all the same. Like, where you go, it's all the same. Like, there might be a different place, but I'm really just kind of, you know, doing the same types of shows or whatever. So I went, you know what? Let's, um, I want to be in WWE. That's the eventual goal. I said, why don't I just try to go down there and, and see what I'm missing? Like, if they tell me why I'm not hired yet, then I can work on that. And now I can, I have a goal, you know what I mean? Um, otherwise, you're just going to, you know, toil away on the indies for, for years and years. And so uh, a, a tryout popped up and I saw it and um, I asked Lance, I said, Hey, what do you think? Should I, should I go check this out? And he goes, yeah, yeah, why not? Like just, you know, go down there. And at that time it was different. It was a paid tryout. So I had to fly myself down, put myself up in a hotel, pay for the tryout, which I believe was 1500 bucks. I had no money at the time. So I'm just maxing out credit cards on flights and hotels and trying to get this. So I go down there and um, there's about 60 people at that tryout. And the gimmick of the tryout was like, oh, we'll hire one person at the tryout. So no matter right. what, somebody gets a contract and then there might be more from there. And so I went down there, just kind of, you know, met Steve Kern, met Billy Kidman. Um, Lance had put in a word with me for Norman Smiley and uh, Edge Edge was one guy down there that uh, he knew was going to be a guest, uh, a guest coming in. So he kind of like, you know, said, hey, I got a guy going down there. Just keep an eye on him, whatever. And um, so I met, made some really good connections, made a good little impression down there. Um, they ended up hiring Jinder Mahal out of that one. And then um, I think a couple other people too. And um, so I got my little, you know, feedback email and it was just yeah. basically, you know, work on this, this, this. And I went, all right. And uh, so I, I think six months went by. I, I kept kind of working on what they wanted to work on. And uh, TJ Tyson Kidd brought me to WrestleMania. Um, and I saw Steve Kern there who runs FCW. And I go, hey, Steve, you know, how are you? And he goes, hey, how, you know, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, I said, yeah, you have another tryout coming up? And he goes, I do. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm thinking of coming down. And he goes, cool, man. You know, we'll see you there or whatever. And I asked Lance again. I said, hey, is six months enough time? Like, should I go down there? Are they going to be like, nothing's changed. You know what I mean? And he goes, he goes, let me ask. And he asked Norman Smiley. And Norman said, yep, definitely send him back down. And I said, all right. So another 1500 bucks, another, you know, plane ticket, uh, hotel, everything. Go back down. This time, 80 people. And I go, oh, like, how how are you supposed to stand out with 80 people and like not even just an average 80 people there was a lot of like 
the big indie guys at the time, like I think Michael Elgin was there and Joey Ryan was there. Uh, Robbie E was there. Um, there was a lot of like, I guess, independent name people there. And sure. I went, Oh man, yeah. uh, Tony niece, Tony niece was there. And so I'm looking around and like, you know, I'm a, I'm a young kid who's like, I'm not, I'm, I've never been like a big jacked up dude. So I can't rely on like my body. I'm, I'm like an okay wrestler, but like, I'm not, you know, I don't really have personality. I just kind of have a general base of, of where we're starting. I'm, I'm very you know young in the business still. So I'm looking around and I'm going, man, these guys are like grown men, like jacked up dudes. I don't look like Tony niece. Like that guy looks good. You know what I mean? I'm watching these guys. And within about 15 minutes of us starting to do some in-ring stuff, I ruled out like half of them. And I went, oh, these guys can't move. These guys can barely run. This guy can't do this. A couple guys got into like a shoot fight. And I'm just like staring at Steve Kern. And he's Wait, like, hold on. <laughs> Who got into a shoot fight? Um, there was one kid. It was a kid from New York. And, uh, and actually another Lance guy, his name was Chase. And uh, I saw them like start rolling around. And then they start shooting at each other. And then they start yelling at each other. And like Steve's just kind of going like, they know they're at like a tryout, right? And I said, I guess. And so I'm just laughing and I'm watching like that 80 just turned into 40 real quick. And I went, yeah. all right. So then I'm just kind of, you know, going in there, I'm doing my thing. And the main thing was like, I'd check in with Steve and I'd go, Hey, just, you know, checking in, how am I doing and everything else. And, you know, he'd be like, Hey man, you're doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. And just kind of like, you know, making the connections of, of letting them know you're a human being. And, uh, and then at the end of the, the three days or four days, they gave away that contract and I ended up getting it. And I went, Holy crap, man. What, like, what are the odds of this? And I think I even asked Steve after afterwards, I said, not that I'm complaining or anything. I said, but like, why, why the hell did you hire me? You know what I mean? And he went, honestly, he goes, it came down to you and Tony niece. And I just went, Whoa, like me personally, I would hire Tony. Like Tony looks great and he's athletic and he could do all this stuff. And he said, but the main thing is he goes like, Tony didn't talk to us. Tony didn't say hi, Tony. Like we didn't know who he was. And I went, Oh, okay. So like, because you like you, you know, they thought I was a good kid or whatever really made the difference. So it was like, okay, you know, like that's, I, I guess that's more important than, you know, other stuff that you can be trained in and everything else, but you know, wrestlers are a dime a dozen, you know, the deal. So, well, that's the biggest thing. And you said it yourself and I'm sure you probably know this even more now that you are training is that you can teach people as long as they're teachable. Yes. As long as they're trainable, you know what I mean? Then, then you've, you've got the rest of it covered, right? That's right. It's, right. it's, if they're if they're not trainable, it doesn't matter how good they are or mm -hmm. what they can already do. Yeah, I'm curious to know though, like when you got that first when you got that first feedback letter that first time around, what was on it? What were they looking for that was different? Uh, in all honesty, I'm pretty sure it was just a generic like, "Hey, thanks for showing up" kind of thing. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was I think maybe 180, 190 pounds at the time, so it was like, "Oh yeah, get a little bigger." Um, and then I don't even think it went that in depth on like other certain things. So like, it wasn't like work on your selling, work on your character, N nothing really. It was just kind of a generic, like, I don't know. I think I showed Lance. I was like, what do I make of this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't that specific um, because, you know, for the most part, again, it was a paid tryout. So as long as they gave away the one contract, you check the box and it was like, ah, we made some money. You know what I mean? So I don't think it was, it was too in depth on stuff. There was probably only a handful of people that, you know, really kind of got a look or talk to some people. It's, it's funny because the same thing happened to, uh, to Hornet, um, NXT referee, yep. Adrian Butler, same yep. thing happened to him, you know, from here, uh, he was, he was wrestling. He had gone down for a couple of tryouts. They told him the same stuff. Like you've got all of, you've got, you know, everything. Yep. You're just not big enough. You're yep. not big enough for what it is that we're looking for. And that was a real weird moment for him. Mm -hmm. I know because I had talked to him about it at the time. Um, 
what do I do next? Yeah. Right. So that's what this conversation is going to be about because this is, this is it. So you got your beginning stuff mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, now I go to Lance's school. What's next. Now the next part from there is I end up in FCW. I do these tryouts yeah. and unbeknownst to yourself, right. You're like, Oh shit. It worked. Yeah. I just got signed. So yeah. now what's next? Well, and so that's where, you know, and again, we'll harp this all the time, especially now because we're coaches. Um, right. You got to use your coaches, man. Like just because you finished the course and this is where you can tell a good school from a bad school. Just because you do the course and the course ends, it doesn't mean that you never talk to your coach again. I mean, you can, but what's the point? You hired them as a coach. Like you got to use them. I use Lance, you know, again, for that whole three months, any question I ever had, I text him or emailed, I would send every match I had and go, Hey, what do you think on this? And like, Hey, there's a tryout coming up. Should I go? Should I not go? Cause they know he's already been there. He's already done it. You know what I mean? So, uh, when I went down to FCW, um, it was, and this was also like wrestling goes in cycles a little bit where they hire. So especially that time, Johnny Ace was the, was in charge of hiring and he was very much a, you know, I think I met him several times and he would go, how tall are you? And I go six feet. And that was like, you have to be six feet or over at least yeah. for him to even co- continue the conversation. Uh, how much you weigh? Uh, like 190, get over 200. Okay, yep. cool. And like, <laughs> I, I, I've tried, I've tried for 35 years to try, you know what I mean? But it just doesn't happen. So right. um, that was, that was the thing. So uh, at that time I was right around the, the change in the hiring process where they had hired a bunch of big jacked up dudes who couldn't, you know, put their right foot in front of their left. And they tried with them for however long. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone looks and goes, why can none of these guys work? Why can none of these guys move? You know what I mean? So then they start hiring the Cesaros and the Seth Rollins and the Daniel Bryans. And so the smaller guys, size doesn't become an issue anymore because, you you know, you can go in there and actually put on a match without falling on your face. So right. I snuck in kind of at that time. Um, and, you know, even, even, yeah, I was right around there because I think there was Seth and there was Ambrose and all those guys that were coming in. Um, and I snuck in there. And the first day when I got there, we were still kind of at the end of that gigantic guys that were there. And I went, holy crap, like these guys are monsters, dude. And I remember uh, texting Lance and I went, Lance, how am I supposed to survive down here, man? Like these guys are huge. These guys are monsters. I, I, like, I don't, I don't look anything like them. Like, what am I supposed to do? And he just went, they hired you for a reason. Like, just let it play out. And he goes, I'm telling you, like, it's don't get intimidated. You know what you're doing. And I went, okay. And you know, all of a sudden a Friday comes and you see most of those guys get fired and all of a sudden I'm still there. And now you just kind of get in the rotation of things and you see other guys who you think are better than you and they're not, and they end up getting fired too. And you go, okay, it all kind of evens out. Eventually you just got to keep your confidence. There's a reason why they hired you and everything else. And again, any question that I ever had, it was always I'd ask Lance and I go, Hey, what do I do here? What do, what do I do in the scenario? What should I do? How should I talk to this person? And so he would kind of guide me on, you know, what to do next kind of thing. So when you got down to FCW, it was really all about don't get freaked out um, and 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 learn learn from all of these guys who are hopefully going to prepare you for the next step, which is you know being on the FCW TV, which is then going to go to dark matches, which is then going to go to Raw or SmackDown, and so you just kind of uh, you know keep your confidence up and focus on whatever you know the next goal is. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look at it this way as well, dude. Like they hired you clearly because mm-hmm. those those big guys that you're talking about they all have heads on them like mine looks like a half-eaten cabbage <laughs> you look the way that you look and they're like this is going to look really good on tv that let's, yeah you know what i mean let's call and, a spade. And it, 
I, I think at the time too, when they hired me, I was like 22, 23. And um, so I was like one of the, the, the youngest kids there. And it was just like, yeah, I think, I think Steve even told me, he's like, yeah, you, you, you honestly, he goes, you reminded us of Brian Kendrick, the, the, the way that you look, the way that you move, you know, your athleticism and all that stuff. And he goes, and we, and you know, that's, we need more of that. And I said, all right, cool. Who was the first guy that greeted you when you walked through the door? Like after your contract, you leave, you know, you got your contract, mm-hmm, you leave, mm-hmm. right. You get your shit together back home and you, yep. you make the trip to move. Did you toss all your stuff in a car? A moving van, uh, just like the next day, you're like, no, Canada, I'm out of here. No, so it takes time for the visa process. <laughs> sure. So I think I got hired in June or July. Yeah. And um, so they just said, sit tight. You know, we'll let you know when all this stuff goes wow. through. And I think it was right before Thanksgiving. So I came down like the the uh, weekend wow. or whatever of, of US Thanksgiving. So November. Yeah. And um, I honestly, like, I, I had no clue what to do. I didn't know how to, you know, rent a place. I couldn't rent a place. I had no social security number yet. I had nothing. So Jinder Mahal was a buddy that I'd worked with. And I went, Hey man, I said, can I stay with you? Like, I have no clue. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a one little tiny one room apartment. And, um, so I, I packed everything I could into one bag and I got on a flight. I came down there. I was sleeping on a, uh, inflatable mattress in his living room with my one suitcase with stuff. And, uh, he took me to express to, to buy some like dress clothes. Cause I had no dress clothes. And, um, you just slowly kind of figure out what's expected and where you're supposed to go. And, uh, at that time, Dr. Tom Pritchard was the, the head coach and he was awesome, man. He was just the coolest of like easing you in and just being like, yeah, it's all good, man. Calm down, relax. Cause you know, he could see just fear all over my face of like, Oh God, I made it. But it's like, what do you do now? And he's just like, oh, you know, well, yeah. Take some time, relax. Yeah. So, so you're laying there one night. You're on this air mattress in the middle of the night and you're looking up at the ceiling and all you're thinking to yourself is, did Randy Savage have to do this? And the funny part too is like that air mattress, when I went to bed on it, it started off full, but I, I would wake up on the ground every morning. <laughs> right. And I went, I went, man, this is like, I, I made it to WWE. Like my checks are from WWE, but I don't have a room and I don't have a house. And I can't even get a car and everything else. And like, man, if I didn't stay with gender, I don't know what the hell I would have done because, you know, again, I, it takes time to go and get your social security number and go and do all that stuff. So like I, there was a good chunk of time there where I don't even think I could get paid. So I got paid once I got my social security number, which was probably like, you know, four or five, six, seven weeks after. So, you know I mean? It's, it's, it's a whole, it's a culture shock, man, going from, you know, small town Canada to, all of a sudden you're in Tampa and you're part of WWE and you're, you know, just trying to keep up and you're homeless. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Essentially. yeah. Literally. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a WWE superstar on my way, but I'm homeless at this That's point. Right. That's right. right. Fully homeless. Yeah. So you embrace, you obviously embrace it and you're doing well. I know that you've talked about this before and I wanted to ask you about this. You, you always had this fear you said of getting fired right out the gate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What was it? Was it just the like the overall vibe or was it something specific towards you that made you feel that way? You know what I mean? Or was it just like, like I said, just the overall vibe of the of the company that's like, oh, shit, everybody just kind of walks on eggshells around here. Uh, not definitely not like specific towards me. I think it was just a general feeling of like I remember Lance, you know, even telling us when we trained, like, you know, when you when you guys make it there uh, save your money because it does not last long. Like the average person's career at the top, wherever you want to go of making money is like five years. So I went, okay. I said like, I'm going to have that mentality, even from developmental. Like when WWE starts giving me a check, I'm assuming that my five years starts right there. 
So I'm, I'm not going to take advantage of it or, or kind of squander it. I'm going to try to make the best of it. So when I get there, almost, I think within like a couple weeks, if maybe a month, they had a, we just call them Black Fridays and all of a sudden people would get fired. And so you'd see people get fired and go, man, how long was he here? And it was like, oh, six months, uh, three months, uh, six months, uh, three months. And I went, whoa, like that's okay. If you're not getting it within like three months, you might be out of here. And that, that used to be very consistent, like very, usually every three months we would have a, a firing like on the dot. And, and, you know, I went, okay, I like, I, I don't want to be in that block at all. So, um, and, and you know, once you get there, you get a little bit, you lose your confidence a little bit, or you, you start to question, you know, whether you're actually good enough to be there and stuff like that. So you get a little bit shook and, and a little bit shaken. And at that time too, I was very much just a wrestler. Like if you wanted me to wrestle and do some moves and jump around, I could do it, but I couldn't cut a promo to save my life. I put zero effort into a character uh, because I very much relied on the athleticism and the, and the wrestling part of it. Um, where I, I almost, you know, liken it to like a Shawn Michaels when he was in the Rockers. He, you know, luckily the Rockers got over and they were an awesome tag team and everything else, but he didn't become the heartbreak kid until he discovered that other part. And I was Mike Dalton, who was very much a Shawn Michaels rocker guy. And I didn't become Tyler Breeze until I found that, you know, the heartbreak kid missing character promo, um, you know, confidence. And, uh, and that took so long, you know, and a lot of tries to find. Um, but sometimes you don't get all of those tries. I got very lucky where I'd almost get fired and I'd squeak by and I'd almost get fired and I'd squeak by. And, you know, by all, by all accounts, I, again, I, I chalk it up to my connections, having people vouching for me when I'm not in those meetings and stuff like that. But I got very, very lucky on, on several occasions to even get to that point where I could figure it out. You know, you mean that Lance wasn't doing Thursday night here watch me do a promo right? <laughs> he we did promos we did promos in lances but my personal preference was i was always i always liked the wrestling part i was right. i was very much a brett sean you know wrestling 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 guy and not a hogan promo guy and that bit me in the ass because you know eventually they go hey cut a promo and i couldn't do one to save my life and i went oh man i, I don't know i didn't put any importance on it and then you realize oh that's literally the only thing that matters. And I can, you know, do just enough wrestling to get where I need to go. And, and then you clue in and then you become good. But I, you know, just not focused on it at all and just really <laughs> chop my own legs out on that one. Right. Cause they're looking for a character. Mm -hmm. Like they're looking to see what the character is. And there's, they're very much, this is what I've noticed uh, from the people that I know and stuff like that. They're very much down. Once you're down there, they're like, what do you got? Give us an idea. Give me your mm -hmm. ideas. Just flood us with all of your ideas so that maybe one day we'll give you a writer. Yeah. Well, and it's a, it's a combination too. So, you know, a lot of guys, um, they come in and, and you go, all right, I'm here. You know, what do you got for me? And they go, well, yeah. like we have, you know, at that time we had probably 50 people. Now they have 150 people. Right. So if you have 150 people going, ah, I'll just wait till, you know, you got something for me. That day will never come. So you have to go in and go, hey, I have this idea. What do you think of it? And then now they can add on to your idea because you spurred their, you know, their creative process to start. But if you're just one of the 150 that are sitting against the wall going, yeah, when it's my turn, it's my turn. Well, if a year goes by and you haven't done anything, then they're going to go, this got really an investment. And it doesn't matter how athletic you are, what you look like, how big you are. None of that stuff matters if you're not proactively trying to get them a return on their money. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's just business. That's just the business part of it where why would I continue to pay you if there's no return at all? 
You know what I mean? Right. And and we just kind of get lost in that fact of, yeah, they'll come up with something eventually. Like, you know, I'll be on Raw and SmackDown eventually. Well, no, you've got to go out of your way to be a good employee, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're not hi- They're not hiring the guy that just came off of the indies. Yeah. Like you yeah. got to, it's got to be repackaged and everything like that. So at what point did you come up with the leg tassels? So that was always, that was always an idea that I had. Um, and I did that on the indies, actually. My very first uh, gear that I ever had made had, had, the boot tassels and everything else. And I think I liked them because the British bulldog had, and I went, I went, okay, I'm going to have these things. And I just like, and, um, and then I finally, I made it to uh, FCW and I think I, I think I, I took them off. I had something else and I just kind of had like, you know, generic type of indie gear or whatever. And then when I came up with the Tyler breeze thing, I went, man, I should bring these back. And, and I, and I should make them fur. Cause I thought the fur ones would always be cool. And then it, it just matched perfectly with, you know, this male model character and everything else to where I went, Oh yes, this is the guy who should have this. And it all just kind of came together, but I had them initially and then I dropped them and then I came back and they, they fit perfectly. Was it, was it while watching zoo? Like at what moment were you sitting at home going, man, I'm trying to come up with something new and you know, you put on Zoolander. Or was it just, has it always been one of your top movies where that you, you know what I mean? I would like to say I was that proactive, but (laughs) it was very much a necessity at that point. Um, I had, so I'd been there, uh, I don't know. I was there for maybe three to six months, somewhere in there. And they were about to fire me. And then I, I got saved. Then I was there another three to six months. I was about to get fired again. I got saved again. And then again, it was about three to six months. And uh, we had evaluations and I got called in and there was a couple of people in there and they basically just roasted me. And, you know, we, maybe you're not as good as we thought you were. Maybe you think you're better than you are. And I'm sitting there just going like, what? Like, what is happening here? Like, I'm, this is the worst evaluation of all time. I'm very clearly getting fired. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm just going to sit here and take it, I guess. And, you know, by the five, six minute mark, I'm going, you know what? I'm just going to start firing back, man. I'm going to go down swinging. And I just start throwing stuff back and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And finally, um, the guy who was in charge of TR at the time, he goes, ah, let's, you know, let's end it there before it kind of gets out of hand. And I went, yeah, whatever. And I walk out of there and Xavier Woods is standing right there and he goes, how to go. And I went, oh, dude, I'm fired. Like, there's no way I'm, I'm still here. That was the worst evaluation of all time. And he goes, okay. He goes, just, he goes, I have to stay here for training or whatever. And he goes, you know, we lived together at the time and he goes, go home. And he goes, come up with like three or four characters. He goes, when I get home, we'll film some stuff. He goes, we'll make little videos and we will send them in. And you know, if they want to fire you after that, at least you tried. And I went, you know what? Okay. So I went home and I just started jotting down things. And I had a couple like ideas for characters in mind, uh, but I never really tried on them uh, anything. And so I had an idea for a, a model character and I went, all right, well, what can we do with this? And I've always kind of been into that airhead idiot, you know, Zoolander character in movies where, you know, every, almost every movie that I've enjoyed has that type of character. And I've always just thought they were so funny. So, you know what? I focus so much on wrestling. I'm just going to go the complete opposite. And I'm going to be this guy who just thinks wrestling is nothing. He's easy. Anyone can do it. And, you know, I just want to do it. And and I'm going to be a model who thinks he can wrestle. And I, we cut this video, we cut this promo where I was messing up all these words and I was just talking about how I could do this. And um, I sent in that and like two other promo videos and Woods filmed them and we, we sent them in and Dusty Rhodes texted me back and he, or uh, emailed me back and he goes, there might be something to this Tyler Breeze thing. He goes, let's talk. And I said, okay. And we went in there and I started cutting promos and that's when I started to go, oh man, like this has nothing to really do with wrestling. Like it's not the, let me tell you something brother promo, but 
this is wrestling. This is exactly what wrestling is. And I'd cut a promo and everybody would pop and everybody would laugh. And I'd go, oh, there might be something here. And also, this is easy. I can do this all day. And then it started to kind of snowball. And I went, man, why didn't you guys just tell me like, this is all I had to do. I was trying so hard to, you know, I'm going to give 110% and I'm going to do this. And it was like, you're an idiot. You're a, a, nobody cares about the wrestler promo. They care about the characters. And I went, this guy is a character. And, you know, worst case scenario, I forget my promo and I could just act like an idiot. And again, it was like like foolproof. And I went, and you guys like this? Oh my God. Okay. This is, this is where we're at. And then that's where my focus changed. That's when everything changed and it started to really click. And I went, damn, man, I wasted a lot of time. <laughs> what was, what were the other two? One was a snowboarder. He was kind of like a snowboarder stoner guy. Uh, dude, um, you would have to carry a snowboard with you all over so the place. I had an idea where I was going to wrestle in like snow pants. Oh, and dude, I would have died. I would have oh. died. And, See, um, if I would have been there for the evaluations. I would have picked that for at least a week just yeah. to teach the lesson that like, you don't like this, do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, no one liked that one. Right. Uh, otherwise, I would have been dying, man. Florida, wrestling in the Florida right? heat uh, in snow pants. And um, and then the other one was kind of like a, I don't know, like a darker version. Because at that point, I'd just been like a baby face. Like I'd never been healed before. I was always just a baby face, you know, young kid who had nothing, no personality. And so I had kind of like a darker heel version of that character. And um, there was really nothing much to it. It was just I wanted to be a heel. I really wanted to show a different side of me. And it was just it's hard to say, you know, Hey, turn me heel. And they go, well, no, like we need you as a baby face. And why would we turn you heel? Like there's, we've never seen you as a heel. So they need to see that part. And, um, what, and, and so I kind of pitched that one. There was, wasn't really anything to it. And even as we were filming it, like this one's okay. The snowboarder's okay. But me and woods are laughing as we're doing the, the Tyler breeze one. And we went, ah, we're having too much fun with this one. There's no way they're going to like this one. And then they, that was the only one that they even wanted to see more of. Um, but we kind of knew like that was the one hundred percent that I put most into, you know what I mean? You had, you had to know, I don't know if you knew it out the gate or not, but you had to know that like with the Tyler Breeze character and a heel like that, you basically just signed your bump card away because you were just going to become a machine for a lot of bigger dudes. Right. Well, and luckily that was kind of what I was anyway, where it was like a blessing and a curse. Like if anyone ever needed to try out a move or, you know, do something, it was, oh, yeah, grab grab Dalton. Grab Dalton. He can take any move. He can bump on anything, whatever. And it's just like, it's a blessing and a curse. You're always going to be around. You're always going to be needed, but they're going to beat the hell out of you with everything because you can take everything and sell, you know what I mean? Right. And then you're stuck taking the, oh, no, we haven't tried this yet, but we're just going to try it. <laughs> Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Hop in the ring. Let's try this one. All right, I guess. There, there's a clip. There's a clip going that, that that I saw not too long ago of you in there with um, uh, you're supposed to be caught by Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah, it looks like right, yep. and yep. and you just get launched. Was it? It was uh, Otis Titus. or Titus? It was, yes, it was Titus. Titus, yeah. Titus at like 19 feet tall, mm-hmm. and Mark Henry only at like 16 feet tall, yep. and just launches you. Did you see your life flash before your eyes or what? No, honestly, I burst out laughing because the whole (laughs) scenario was so ridiculous and we laugh about it all the time. Um, It was Martin Luther King Day and they had pieced together, you know, a white team versus a black team, essentially. It was Titus, Mark, Truth, and then they put Neville on there um, against me, I think Ascension and and Stardust, Cody. And um, they wanted, I think Neville was doing the, I had a, I have a dream promo. And he was just appalled. He was like, I can't say this. I will not say this. No way. 
And so we end up going out there. And the, the, the finish of the match was supposed to be Titus grabs me, throws me over his head, Mark catches me, world's strongest slam, and then Neville hits his red arrow, one, two, three. And um, so, so we go out there and we're doing it, and Titus catches me, he throws me, and as he's throwing me, I, I'm th- flying through the air and I can see that Mark, Mark's kind of looking off to the side, and so he can't fully see me, but I just feel my stomach kind of s- glance over his head and I just burst out laughing and I went, oh no. And I fall on the ground and I go, I go, don't pick me up. Don't pick me up. And he picks me up and hits me with his uh, slam. <laughs> and then Neville hits his thing. And we come back through the curtain and Titus and Mark just start yelling at each other. And it was just like, why are you throwing him so hard? You missed him. I didn't do that. You went to visit. And like, we're just, we're just going, oh no. Like we've turned everybody against each other on Martin Luther King day. And like, now they're yelling at, they're going to fight and girl. And so we're all just kind of laughing. And I remember just like thinking to myself, I think I came back to the back and, and everyone was like, are you okay? Are you all right? And I went, yeah. I said, Oh my God, man. I said, that was too funny. I was laughing my head off at that. Wow. Wow. So what you're basically saying is out of all of that, Mark Henry still had to get his shit in. Oh yeah. He picked me up, hit a slam, everything. <laughs> I started laughing my head off and, and, and Neville picked up the win. Of course. The smart money would have been to just let it go, hit the arrow, just done it, right? Wow. That's amazing. That is so good. I want to ask you about a couple of things. Thank you so much. For those of you that are just, just joining us in this whole thing, as you can see or hear, we're talking with Breeze, formerly Tyler Breeze of uh, WWE fame. Now he's moved on to kind of WWE fame because now you you got the up, up, down, down stuff going on. That's right. Have you always been a big gamer? I have. Yeah, I grew up playing games. I grew up yeah. always playing, uh, playing games, playing video games, all that stuff. Uh, I just like the like competitive, you know, uh, board games, video games, I've always kind of been into it. And um, especially, you know, once we started getting on the road and doing whatever, like, you know, you, you need stuff to do, man. You just got time to, to chill. So video games have always kind of been a piece of it. Yeah. It's not like the old days where you could sit down and like play cards or pull out a chess board or yeah, stuff like that. Everybody's got a steam deck, right? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Same, but different. Same, but different. Amazing. And of course we've mentioned it briefly already you have now taken on the moniker of trainer mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of interesting because that's always a thing that i've always said even for myself um i'm part owner in a school called crossbody uh studios out here in cambridge ontario as well and it was always brought up to me why not train people and for the longest time i was like i don't know like I'm, I'm, I'm super busy doing my thing and doing that or whatever. But at the end of the day to me, and tell me if I'm wrong and, or what it's like with you, but to me, it was always, you're only as good as what you can give back, like what your legacy leaves you. And what does that leave you if you can't pass it on to somebody else? Mm-hmm. For myself, I was fortunate enough to have this information and this knowledge given to me by somebody else and to just hoard it and that let that be the end of the line was always I just didn't feel right about it. You know what I mean? So sure. you have to, you have to partake in the, you know, of giving that knowledge onto somebody else. Yeah. Was it always a thing for you that you wanted to teach pro wrestling or was there, you know, a time came along, you know, like, you know, a light's clicking. 
So I think a lot of that too, I got, I got to give Lance credit for it, man. Like he, you know, obviously was still, he was still, he was still young when he was teaching, you know what I mean? He's still a young guy anyway. So um, I think he started school when he was 35 and he did for like 15 years. And then he just, he could have kept going, but he decided to stop. Um, and I remember when I was in there again, it kind of goes back to, you know, you're going to make your money for about five years. And I went, okay, well, what do you do after that? And he goes, well, you know, people do different stuff. Like you got different options. And, uh, but I thought it was really smart that he was a, you know, if you can be a good, uh, if you can make a good enough name for yourself and you can open up a school and, and teach, um, you know, he loved it. And I went, okay, I said, that's always an option. It's just a matter of when the time is to pull that trigger. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I, I had always kind of thought about it that at the end of the line, whenever it was, you know, that that's a great option and, and, and coaching people. Um, but it's one of those things where you don't know if you're going to be a good coach or not, because not everybody who knows how to do this is a great coach. Um, and also some people who, you know, maybe they never made it to where they wanted to, they could be great coaches. So you never really know unless you try. Um, but luckily as I kind of got to NXT and we started kind of doing what we're doing, um, I almost started kind of training there a little bit where we were all learning together. Um, okay. But there was like a good group where it was like Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, you know, where we were kind of, uh, I, I wasn't fully training them, but I was, I was helping them as I was figuring stuff out. I was also cluing them in on like, Oh, we'll try this and try this and try this. And I remember seeing that kind of play out and I'm standing at the curtain and I go, I'm, I'm watching their matches and as they're doing what we talked about, I'm going, mm, yes, that's, and I'm getting that same fulfillment that I would get out of a match from them doing it. And when they come back and they're smiling and I'm smiling, I'm going, yes, that was what we talked about. That was what you need to do every time. And I went, that was really fulfilling. And so then I knew like that was, yeah, eventually whenever the time is right, coaching is very, very, um, fulfilling and, and, and a very good option. And, um, so I kind of knew it was heading there at some point, but obviously being full-time on the road, it's very difficult. Uh, and then we kind of came to that time when, uh, but, but between myself and Spears, uh, I said, between the two of us, we could definitely pull this off. And we just kind of went, yep, let's do it. And we started it. And it, you know, luckily we are very, very the same thinking um, right. because I'm not specific, but I'm very specific on certain things about training. I didn't want to just, you know, grab some random person and go, hey, you're going to help me train because, you know, you're a wrestler. No, I like, I think uh, there's certain things that I, that I think are, are right. And certain things that I think are wrong. And I'm very specific on technique and, and the same stuff that was kind of in, ingrained in me from Lance. And luckily, you know, Spears is, is the exact same way. So, you know, as I'm about to say something, he's saying the same thing. And I went, man, this is perfect. You're the, you're about the only guy that I could do this with. And as soon as we started it, we went, yep, we made the right decision here. Uh, Cause it just, it was just, again, it was that fun watching the light bulbs go off with people. You're going, man, this is cool. This is like, they're, they, they're getting a lot from this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie's always been one of those guys that, you know, I've said from day one, he gets it. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. that. And that's really a phrase that I've used for years and years and years. Seeing people come and go is like, you either get it or you don't get it. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with not getting it, yep. but some people just get it. Yeah. Right. And, oh, and yeah. Ronnie's been one of those guys that, that gets it, you yes. know? All the way from the time when he punches like the rock. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always, there's, uh, there's funny pictures of him. There was one, I think that was on a poster and yeah. uh, he's wearing this little sleeveless shirt and he looks to be about 130 pounds and he looks like, he looks like Eminem. And I just started laughing and I just keep it around just every now and then to go like, Oh my God, look at this guy. He's like, oh God. Right. But yeah, man. He, uh, he's, he's good at what he does. He's, he's very good at what he does. And so it's no surprise, you know, that, that the two of you would get along great to open up a school. 
before you get to that point though, you're still, you know, you're going from NXT, um, FCW and stuff like that. And then you get called up, mm-hmm. right. You're doing some stuff there now up to this point in this conversation, when we said what's next, it's always just been a new development in the character or a new character altogether. Mm-hmm. And then somebody who was it i want to know because i will they'll they'll make my list my chris jericho list who was the bright idea sob that said you know what this guy needs this guy needs a girl um i wish i could tell you i don't know it was um it was one it was one of those things that you know at the time NXT, so FCW to WWE, there was a gigantic disconnect. Like you were kind of on an island on your own and like it it didn't even really feel like you were there. NXT got us closer, but there was still a divide where like if you got called up from NXT, you might be the same character. You might be a different character. They might change something uh, or almost guaranteed they would change something. So like Enzo and Cass, they took Carmelo away. And it was like, you know, you it was always like a little tweak just to make it different from, from NXT to the main roster. So I was up and I was doing uh, like uh, house show loops and uh, dark matches all the time. I think I did it for like a year or two. And uh, I knew that eventually I was going to debut. But again, I, I was very specific on how I made Tyler Breeze. I made him, you know, you didn't really know if he was straight. You didn't really know if he was gay. He was kind of on that fence. Like it could go either way, but I, was, I didn't need anybody. I didn't need anybody to talk for me. I didn't need a girl. I didn't need a guy. I didn't need anybody. Um, and uh, so I, I, I remember there was one live event and I saw like, you know, Tyler Breeze with Supper Ray. And I went, okay, like, what is this? And I remember going in and even going like, hey, why is Summer with me? Just checking. And they went, hey, it's not a thing. Like they're just, you know, she was, I think she was there and she needed something to do. And this was an idea that someone had. And I went, all right. So she came out with me for like one match. Then all of a sudden, like I was on a dark match and she was with me and I went, okay. And then all of a sudden, I think the next week, they said, all right, we're going to debut you. Summer's going to come out, and she's going to be with Dolph. And then, you know, now she's going to introduce you. And I went, man, like, nothing against Summer, but I just, I, I like, is she my girlfriend? Or, like, what is happening here? And they were like, ah, you know, I don't know if she's your girlfriend, but, like, she's with you. And it, it, it would kind of, it was, it was all over the place a little bit. And I went, okay, well, this is going to change the dynamic of, like, what this character is. So, like, how should I treat her? Because I'm still, like, the... Tyler Breeze loves himself. That's the whole point. He doesn't like anybody else. He doesn't want to be around anybody else, let alone have a girl with him. And I think there was a couple of times when it was like, ah, you know, put your arm around her or slap her ass or whatever. And I was like, oh man, like now this isn't, we're going in a different direction with this. And I just didn't feel it. And um, so I had no clue what it was, but it was just one of those things where like, ah, don't worry, it's not happening. And then the next week it's happening. And I went, all right. <laughs> wow. And, and, and it wasn't like, no offense to Summer Rae or anything like that. I'm sure she's a lovely person but it wasn't like she was like had fantastic microphone skills and you needed that. It was just this random, like one week, all of a sudden you're like, why, what, what, what's going on here? It was really weird. It was almost like, Oh shit, we've got too many people in the back right now. And yeah. We gotta find something for somebody. Right. I, and I think that was a little bit it. Cause I think at the time she was with Dolph and they were doing like a little romance story or whatever. And then, so the whole point was that she was going to introduce me and now I'm going to take on Dolph and you know, the, the heat is because, you know, he was with her and he dumped her or whatever it was. And so it was an idea, I guess, to introduce me um, that somebody thought was good. Uh, but in reality, it was, you know, I guess it got me on SmackDown. It got me to where I was supposed to be. But I don't know if it was the strongest way to present that character. Uh, it was just, you know, someone's idea. And sometimes that's just how it goes. And you get through it and you move on to the next thing. 
it's crazy that it's always just this never ending cycle. And, you know, we've, I've said this before myself, there's like, there's two types of wrestlers, right? There's, there's the guys that like the door gets open wide for them as soon as they show up and boom, straight to the moon. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's the guys that, you know, that like work and work and work 10, 15 years before they even get a sniff. Mm-hmm. Right. You're talking, you know, the difference between a guy like a, like a Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe yeah. a Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's always my go-to. That's always, there's a very too clear pass. There's the Brock Lesnar where yeah. you, you, you see him walk in, you see, you know, he's going to get the world just handed to him and whatever and nothing against him. It's just, no one is built like a Brock Lesnar. I am very clearly not a Brock Lesnar. But the other path is the Kofi Kingston, the Dolph Ziggler, the Jeff Hardy. Like you're around and you're always around and you're around and you're consistent and people get used to seeing you. And, you know, the guys who come and they go and they come and they go, but you're always still there. And by about that five, 10 year mark, all of a sudden, Jeff Hardy's the the, the champion of SmackDown or Kofi becomes Kofi Mania or, you know, Dolph, you, you build this underground following where the people know, but they don't know that like, this is our guy. Why don't they do anything with our guy? And then finally, you know, again, it's just a genuine um, underground following to where you lose and you lose and you lose and you lose and they love you even more. And finally they give it to you. Uh, But it's, that's, those are usually the two clear paths that you get and you usually know which one you're in. Yeah. Brian Danielson. Perfect example. hundred percent. I'm going back early two thousands. I'm out West working, you know, those ECCW shows for Dave Republic and American dragon is uh-huh. on the show him and Kazina, you know are doing are doing the loop together out there right. and i'm working i'm working against moondog manson but then you look at <laughs> uh, you know what i mean you look at a guy like 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 dragon yep. like danielson who's exactly that guy yeah the downside to it though in my opinion is that at the end of the day and at the end of the run i'd rather walk like brock lesnar mm-hmm. than a Shawn michaels right yeah. oh yeah has that been a factor for you yet? Has there been any injuries? And is that a factor like why you're like, you know what, this school thing, like, and now I have the opportunity to teach people how to do it the right way. Maybe that needs to come into play a little bit faster than I would have thought. Uh, honestly, no, honestly, I've been very, very, very lucky. And I attribute that again to, to Lance, man. He taught me the right way. He taught me how to protect myself. I think he'd include me in that like, Hey man, you're a smaller dude. People are going to love doing moves to you just so you know. And um, he goes, you have to bump properly. You have to take care of yourself. And that's the same stuff that we tell everybody. Like there's only so many ways to protect yourself and, and bumping properly is the right way. And, you know, getting a hand up on certain things and don't be a hero and stuff. And, you know, there's, there's a science to doing this properly and protecting yourself so that you're uh, somewhat of a human on the, on the other side of it. And luckily again, Lance taught the hell out of me to where that's the exact same stuff that me and me and Spears teach as well is, is the safety of what we do because it's, yeah, wrestling's awesome, but you can get pretty hurt doing it. You know what I mean? And so luckily as, as I kind of went, um, I got very good at protecting myself, uh, from, you know, big guys, gigantic guys who not that they're bad, but you know, they can, they can do some damage if they wanted to. So it's yeah, just- man falling right yep and so so i kind of figured it out and i've been very very lucky in terms of, of injuries i'm i've never had a surgery uh i i still feel great you know i i still wrestle daily like at the school we're still putting on matches and i'm taking indie bookings and stuff like that so all that stuff is still i'm still good i'm still i've been very smart in how i wrestle uh especially you know in, in today's landscape where 
unfortunately I see a lot of young kids who they're excited or they, they want to do what they see on TV. And it's like, man, you guys are getting dumped on your head on the apron or on the floor and you're doing all this stuff and you're bleeding everywhere. And it's like, you're going to have a short, short, short career, man. Like do some history review and look at the generations before us and why the majority of them either aren't alive or they're not doing well. And it's because of how they worked, man. And then we, we kind of learned from that. And then now the generation after us is kind of reverting back to where you go, Ah, man, like, okay, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. But I know when I'm, you know, 50 and 60, I want to be able to move my head back and forth. And I want to be able to bend down and lay down and get up and, and work out and run and you know do all that other stuff. So, uh, luckily, luckily I've been very smart in how I do certain things. Yeah. I am of that last generation of dumbasses. Mm. That's the God's honest truth. <laughs> sure. I remember I I'm 96, 97. Oh, when wow. I started. So it's that early, that early 2000 sure, stuff where sure. like balls out. ECW is the greatest thing in the That's world. Right. That's <laughs> right. You walk into a venue and you're like, what's the highest thing I can jump uh -huh. off of in uh -huh. here? You know what I mean? And it, it, it definitely, it shortens, it shortens everything. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's funny and it's weird when you think about it though, because it's almost like I'm sitting here having these same conversations with Ronnie. Yeah. You know, oh, that, yeah. that I've had with him on, on many, many occasions. And it comes back to the fact that like the basics are the absolute most important thing. And you're not going to be able to, because you know, for yourself right now that like, it doesn't matter. You can have somebody in there for years and years and years, right. Until they get to that system. If that's where they're going, mm -hmm. everything that you teach them is just basically how to protect yourself, yeah. how to fall back on those basics, how to always have a base, so to speak. Right. But after that, it's put your boots on, yep. get in your car, starve, hope, mm -hmm. pray, beg, borrow, yeah. all of those things just to get a sniff. Oh, yeah. Just to get a sniff. Right. So you're fortunate that you've been in Florida this time, because that seems to be like a fantastic place. It's warm. First oh, of yeah. all. Oh yeah. Right? Paradise, Paradise. <laughs> and, and wrestling seems to be a thing in Florida, right? Yes. Yes. Well, and especially too, you know, with the performance center popping up and everything else, it's yeah. kind of a hub. So a lot of people, you know, love passing through. And like you said, it's, it's paradise here, man. Like stuff's cheap. There's no state tax. It's, it's sunny almost all the time. Like it's tough to, to, to want to go back in the snow. And you're pumping out some students now that are actually like doing some things. Mm -hmm. Have you, have you had, have you, have you had and a lot of the students that you do get out of the flatback school there, you deal with a lot of female wrestlers. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. Is there a difference for you guys when trying to get girls ready as opposed to trying to get some of the guys ready. And the reason that I ask this, the reason that I ask this is because we're in a time now where there seems to be, there seems to be a lot more injuries in wrestling right mm -hmm. now. Yep. And this is the conversations that I've had with, with your partner in the past. And when we talk about some of the stuff that some of these people do, you know, you talk about them wanting to be, go out there and be acrobatic. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can be a Kofi Kingston. Not no. everybody can be a Neville. Not mm -hmm. everybody can do those types of things. And you've got people hitting, oh, I'm starting off the match with double 450s into a burning spiral scorpion buster, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
and all of this has changed before it was very flat based wrestling and grappling was the, the, the base for it and stuff like that. And then over time, more acrobatic things start to happen and DDTs end up showing up into wrestling and then more flips. And apparently the more you flip, the harder the impact is on your opponent for some mm -hmm. reason, but all of these things happen, but there was always one thing that never, ever changes. And that's human anatomy. That's the bone structure of a human. That mm -hmm. is the ability for that human to take that kind of impact, right? So at your school, when you're teaching these, these young adults, right, how to get ready for this stuff, how do you stop them from defeating themselves being, you know what I mean? That whole, oh, I'm going to do everything under the sun, right? <laughs> In the end, people are going to, they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. So we'll tell them like we we'll tell him we'll we'll teach you anything you want to know. But we very much put the importance on um the stuff that matters, the having a character, the selling. I, I know for me, my biggest thing is probably technique and selling. Yeah. So we hammer the technique home and we go, technique never changes. Ever, 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 ever. Technique never changes. The way you run the ropes never changes. The way you take care of somebody never changes. Even if you are dead tired, your technique should not change. You should be able to take care of someone and take care of yourself. That is above uh, and beyond everything else that matters. Um, then again, we'll teach you, I, I, I think we, we even say like, we're going to teach you the basics and there's a million variations to this. There's a million moves. Um, we're going to teach you enough to get you where you need to go. And then at usually about the halfway mark, we open the gates and we go, all right, guys, if you have any requests, this is where you ask us. And, I, and we'll even say it, you don't need to request moves. You can request other ideas for, you know, cutoffs or, or hope spots or any of that type of stuff. It's, it's, it's stuff that you've seen that we have not taught you yet. If you want to learn it, we'll show you how to do it properly. Um, and there's some kids who, you know, once we open those gates, they go, uh, Swanton 450 and you go, okay, but just so you know, if you're going to do a Swanton or a 450, you better be able to do a headlock and a headlock takeover and all that other stuff. Because if you don't, as your coaches, we're going to tear you apart and we're going to go forget about the other stuff. I need this because otherwise I don't care about, you know, the cool stuff that you're doing. And, you know, even we'll say like, there's, there's a million schools out there. If you want to learn moves, go to the other schools and they'll show you, but we are going to show you why the moves matter and how to have a career at this and how to get where you're going and how to work for TV and all the other stuff that the people who run these schools, if they haven't been a part of WWE, they don't know how to, you know, work uh, for time. They don't know how to work for cameras. They don't know this stuff, but they can do a, again, a million more moves than I can do, but it doesn't matter because my career speaks for itself compared to other people's, you know what I mean? So you can, you can try to get that through to people. And I think probably one of the most things that we say is just because it's on TV doesn't mean it's right. It just means that that's working right now or whatever, or, you know, they were allowed to do something or whatever you want. Um, but in the end, you need to, to think longevity. Not every match needs to be a WrestleMania match. You're going to have another match. So just because you know 10 moves doesn't mean you need to put 10 into every match you have. You need to start thinking bigger picture. And yep. some people get it. Some people don't. Um, all we can do is just kind of try to reiterate that and, and focus on, again, the basics where if we get to week six or seven and you're struggling with, you know, headlocks, headlock takeovers, tackles, stuff like that, if that gets sloppy, but you're wanting to do, you know, RKOs and everything else, then we're going to go, let's stop for a second. Why is this like this? Why is this like this? And like, you're losing sight of what you want to do here. And again, you can toss it out there. You can lead the horse to water, but it's up to them. It all comes down to footwork. Yeah. That's really what it is, man. Be don't lie, man.
you know this as well as I do. And I know you know this. I've never even, but I know your partner. So I know mm-hmm. your style and it's the same style as myself. It all mm-hmm. comes down to footwork. Yep. Right. You, you can tell, you can tell within about five minutes if somebody knows what they're doing or if they don't. Yeah. It was one of the footwork. I had this, I had this story, little side story quickly when I was younger and I had moved up to Canada. I had trained in karate already when I was a kid. Right. I had gone to, you know, some tank pseudo classes. I got my black belt and tank pseudo under Bob Barrows in Las Vegas. No problem. I move up to Toronto, Canada, and I didn't find a place to train. I go into a hot keto place that somebody had pointed me out to. I'm standing there in front of Master Wang in cheek. And he says to me, you know, have you ever done anything before? Just being very humble about it. And I'm like, a couple of things. Right. The last thing I'm going to do is walk in and be like, sure. I'm a, I'm a black belt. That's right. That's right. Right. That's how you get your ass beat. Yep. <laughs> and so I'm like a couple of things. He goes, you know how to punch and kick. I'm like, yes. He goes, let me see what you, what you've got. I show him my punches and my kicks within three minutes. He's like, you're a Tang Sudo guy. I know exactly what you are. I know exactly where you come from mm-hmm. and I know exactly what you've learned. Yeah, because of the footwork, because That's of right. what you learn, right? Yep. Yep. So it's it, it it's, it's spot on, right? <laughs> yep. Who's been out of your school right now? Who's been so far your greatest accomplishment? I know I'm asking you to pick a favorite kid, sure. right? But but there is there is there's always going to be a greatest accomplishment, and then after that, who should people keep an eye on? So this is this is one of those things where again, like you know, I don't know if you can pick a favorite. We have a a good handful of people um, that you know they, we consider there there are people. Um, the big difference between you know you can't really look at success wise because guys and girls are very different, are, right. are very different. So we've had some some kids who you know they've appeared on AEW and stuff like that, but they're younger and they haven't developed into men yet. So they're not going to get picked up by a WWE yet because they don't look how they're supposed to yet, but they're, they're moving in the right direction. They're doing everything they need to, but they take a little bit more time. Whereas a, a woman who's, you know, even if you're 18, 19, 20, you don't really need to, you know, put on muscle mass or, or you're already kind of, uh, you've got the look that you need to get where you want to go. So you can't really base it on that. They move a little bit quicker um, you know, if they pick it up and if they're kind of ready and, and if they have the right work ethic, um, we're like, so in NXT, we have Kiana James, um, who is hard, hard, hard worker. Um, she immediately picked it up. She's one of those ones who will beat herself up more than you have to. Um, and we were hard on her too, um, just because we knew what she could accomplish. And, um, so she, you know, she was a very quick one to get picked up and she's been killing it on NXT. Um, we have Harley Cameron over on AEW, who is the same thing. She's got tons and tons of personality. She can sing, she can do everything you need. Um, who, you know, again, hard, hard worker, which is really the only way that you're going to get ahead anyway. Um, you know, they, they, so we've got one over in AEW, we've got one in NXT. Uh, Zia Lee was already with NXT, um, when I was still there and, and she asked for some help. She asked for us to work with her. We worked with her and again, hard, hard worker. She put the pieces together and all of a sudden she took off and now she's been on raw for a couple of years um and then you know over on the guys side we got colton and austin gunn who just tons and tons of personality super super hard workers just really kind of putting the pieces together and, and killing it over on AEW. i think they were the tag champions now they're the roh tag champions like just um uh, really kind of uh, again it's it's you just look and it's one of those things where you go ah you get it 
you get it. You're not where you, you, you are not your finished product yet, but you are on your way and you're doing good. Um, and again, we have another girl, uh, Noelle, uh, I think she wrestles as Valentina Rossi, who's, she's been around here and there. People have seen her. Um, and she's just a, just a matter of time. She's done everything right. She's got the right look, uh, tons of personality. She can check all the boxes. It's just literally right place, right time. Um, and then, you know, she's not the only one. We have a, a couple others who it's just a matter of time because they're on the right path to do what they want. Um, again, it's just, you know, the right person looking at the right time and going, let's give you a chance and, uh, you know, trying to keep them motivated is another tough thing because you see, you know, you guys all start off together and one's getting signed and one's doing this and, and you're, you're going, don't get discouraged. Like everybody's path is different. Don't compare. Um, but everybody who's, you know, one of our, our flat max people, um, they're, they're good. They got the right work ethic and it's just a matter of time for them. You know what I mean? There's even some guys who, who right now are, uh, they're working on Raw and SmackDown. Um, we've been working with Zion. We've been working with Odyssey, um, who again, it's, it's just a matter of time before they get to do their thing, but they've really been kind of honing in what they need to. And, um, yeah, we got a good, we got a good group, man. And which, like you said, is lucky. I think even we were looking at Lance, Lance had the school open for about 15 years. And I think you only get about a handful of people who, you know, really want to do this for a living. And so even for, we're coming up on four years, five years, I think five, June will be five years. Um, and we, and we've already got a good handful of people who are just killing it. So. And so what's next for you then? Do you continue to do the teaching? Are you looking to get back into the WWE? Are you looking to go talk to, you know, uh, crazy uncle Tony? Like <laughs> what, what's next for you? Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on stuff. So, you know, I, I, whenever I got released back in 2020, I think, or 2021, um, I kind of was burnt out a little bit. I was burnt out on being in WWE. I'd been in WWE for 11 years at that point. Um, I'd kind of done the road thing. Uh, it beat the hell out of me. I was burnt right out. Uh, you know, went through a divorce, went through all the usual stuff that you hear people going through. So I kind of needed a breather. Um, so I just kind of chilled out. I just kind of went, you know what, let's take a breath here and let's enjoy my life a little bit. And then I kind of really liked waking up in my own bed and, you know, taking an hour to eat breakfast and, and doing all that, the usual, you know, stuff that I guess you, it's almost like borderline retired. And, um, so I kind of enjoyed that. And then, you know, doing the school, I got my wrestling fix and, so a year, I didn't really mean to take any time off, but a year turned into two years, into three years. And then I went, you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not old and retired here, man. You know what I mean? Like there's still some gas in the tank. So uh, September, I actually took a couple of bookings and I went out there and I had a blast. I actually worked Spears on a show and I worked Cardona and I went, you know what? This is still, it's still in there. I'm still, I still have fun with it. So I took some bookings in September. Um, I took some in October. Uh, then I had uh, the birth of my son in November. So I was kind of enjoying that part, November, December, you know, getting our feet wet with new parenthood. Uh, and then now I just started opening up my calendar again to take some bookings um, to kind of get back out there and, and keep doing, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that between up, up, down, down, between taking some indie bookings, between doing the school, um, you know, if something else pops up and all of a sudden there was a spot you know, back with WWE or whatever, I'd go, all right, cool. You know, let's, let's talk about it. I'm, a, I'm kind of open to whatever. Cause again, I'm not, not at that point yet where I'm either too beat up or I'm, I'm just out of it or I'm done with it. You know, I'm, I, I think I'm open to, to anything, which is kind of cool because again, you know, something could pop up or something couldn't pop up and either way I'm okay. You know, congratulations yeah, on, on, the, on, on the child, November, baby, November beginning, baby. middle or end November 3rd, November 12th. There you go. Right there you right. go. Right. So, yeah. so you have a Scorpio on your hands. I do. I do. Oh boy. Good luck for you too, <laughs> pal. <laughs> That's right. 
Breeze, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today. It's been an absolute honor uh, for me to sit here and and pick your brain a little bit and to let some of our listeners know a little bit more about you and, and you know, what it is, what's going on with you. Um, how can people find you? How can they check you out? How can they send you tips, donations, crazy <laughs> gifts, all of that fun stuff? Sure. Uh, so on my socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter at mm, gorgeous with three M's, uh, every Tuesday night, you can find us on, uh, up, up, down, down on the YouTube channel. Uh, every Thursday morning, we're on the up, up, down, down YouTube channel. Uh, and we, and we got tons and tons of cool stuff on there. So just check out up, up, down, down. Uh, we just started doing fanatics live, which is a, uh, like a live chat auction platform with WWE. We got a new partnership. Uh, we've done it a couple times. It was actually really cool. We did one with X-Pac. We did one with McFoley. We did one on the pay-per-views. So, um, we, we got, uh something something really cool that people are starting to get into so there's just another avenue to do it uh if you're interested in learning how to wrestle flatbackswrestlingschool.com um you know we got tons of stuff on there if you have any questions about it we just started adding in uh match critiques if you wanted to you know maybe not do the course but you wanted to to get our you know our take on stuff you can send in your matches and we'll watch them for you um so we're starting to kind of open up some more uh, possibilities there uh but yeah that's uh that's kind of the main ones i think that's awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, for anybody out there, please go check out Flatbacks. If nothing else, go camp out. You know what I mean? Get an autograph, sell it on eBay, do whatever <laughs> it is that you're going to do. You now. Now, it's a couple of guys that are definitely some of the best minds in the business, without a doubt, who have accomplished a lot of great things. So, I mean, if you're going to learn, learn from the best, right? There you go. Awesome. Color Breeze. Breeze. Cool. Thank you so Thank much, you. brother. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, man.